Valverde. It's now 2 a.m. and time for... And welcome to the ladies' man, the love line with all the right responses to your romantic queries. Uh, my name is Leon Phelps, and to those of you that are uninitiated, I am an expert in the ways of love. Um, I have made love to many fine ladies, from the lowliest bus station skank to the classiest, most sophisticated, educated, debutante, high society bus station skank. Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 243, and this week we're going to be talking about all the matchups for week four, and it's the week four Warriors. So we're ready to give you all the fantasy goo, drop that knowledge for your dome. There actually are uh, two teams that are out this week on by, and that is the Packers and Eagles. Eagles. And the band that we just heard... Eagles, good times. That was in the city. What's going on? As usual, I got Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, it's been a little while since uh, all of us have been together. Uh, I was away uh, for last week, and excited to talk fantasy face to face. We did our last one over. The Zencaster. Zencaster. So it's awesome to do this face to face, throw back some, well, there it is, and have a good time. What's going on? Anything you, uh, you gotta say? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Get right into it? Get right into it. Sweet. Well, if you guys know, or if you don't know, I'm gonna tell you. We go off NFL.com, go to schedule, uh, and then you're gonna go to regular season, and you're gonna pick week four. And we're going to start from the top, and Thursday night's game is the Dolphins at the Bengals. And we got a good one there on the, uh, the 29th of September. And the question is, uh, we'll start off with the Dolphins. Let's just get there. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Is Arian in, out? Arian's probably out this week. It sounds like they're going to go with a four-man rotation at running back, though. So expect a little bit of Pete. Expect a little bit of Kenyon Drake. Expect a little bit... Of, uh, you know, we're looking at, oh my god, all of Damian Williams. We're going to see some, you know, the high profile guy maybe before the season is Jay Ajayi. And all these guys are question marks because if there's four of them, there's none of them. This is running back by community. It's nobody you want to start in fantasy. 
One guy might end up scoring a touchdown. Guessing who that guy might be is impossible. Last week it was Jay Ajayi who scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime against the Cleveland Browns. Now they're coming off, what, their first week win of the season on a short week, traveling to Cincinnati. It's not something I'm looking forward to. I'm trying to stay away from the Dolphins as much as possible, except for probably Jarvis Landry. Yeah, well, especially when you're talking about the running back situation, um, you know, maybe long term, I, I think Kenyon Drake has probably the highest upside of all those guys, but at the same time, it's not worth investing anything in in fantasy right now. And especially this week, it's not worth investing. When you consider the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, as far as their defense, have not allowed a rushing touchdown this season. Yeah, and in addition to that, the thing I don't like about Drake long term is the ability to carry a major workload. Is he always going to be this change of pace guy that we saw from Alabama? He's a guy who didn't carry the ball more than 10 times. He only he only carried it 10 times, 10 different times while at Alabama. So that, Say that 10 times. <laughs> I, I tried. I couldn't even get it out the first time. So uh, he's a guy who I worry about having a giant workload. If it's ever going to happen, I don't think so. But they're invested in him. He's probably their best pass catching back, but he struggles in pass protection. So getting him the ball... You know, has to be a scripted play off screen or something. Besides that, I'm not talking about these running backs anymore. Okay, we're done with the running backs, dude. So, I mean, talking <laughs> about Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is coming off a huge game, uh, off a huge game, and he scored a touchdown this week. So, Jarvis Landry. Yay! Is finally, good. a touchdown for Landry. Yeah, that's something all owners are rejoicing. You just gotta remember with Landry, he is so much better, particularly in PPR. Uh, when Devontae Parker is in the lineup. I think he averages three more fantasy points when Devontae Parker's out there as opposed to when he's not. And Devontae Parker's been on a recent hot stretch. Uh, since week 12 of last season, he's averaging over 10 fantasy points a game. So that's a guy who, if you waited in drafts, you know he's potentially a wide receiver three for you, or he's way down there on your bench because of those lingering hamstring issues and just questions he had coming into the season like right before the season, people sort of soured on him. So you might be reaping some rewards from that. Jordan Cameron suffered a concussion. He's going to be out this week. So you're looking at Deion Sims, and basically you're not looking at Deion Sims. You're never looking at any of the the tight ends there either. I mean, Jordan Cameron, besides that that one game that he had, uh, he hadn't scored a – he hadn't scored worth anything in fantasy production with yardage and scores. It was always like he'd only get you a score, but he'd end up with about 15 yards. So, you know, there's nothing there. There's a guy on Miami, though, that I, I think is intriguing. It's Kenny Stills, especially if you're in deeper leagues or if you're in, you know, some of these uh, long touchdown bonus leagues. Here's a guy, you look at Miami, they are trying to put any semblance of a running game together, but it's not consistent. So that forces them into bad situations. They, they end, up, end up playing from behind a lot. And when they're doing that and they're not able to control the clock, then they have to throw the ball more toward the end of the game. And that opens up opportunities for a Kenny Stills, especially when you have a, a Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker on the field at the same time. I think with Parker, the one thing you got to know is because of his stature and, and, and his game, they have the defenders have to worry about him still, even no matter how much he was injured and where he was you know, going ADP and drafts. Defenses are worried about him, so obviously that helps. Landry's going to get his. He's going to get it, convert a ton of targets. He's going to get. Well, if he gets a touchdown, it's a huge week, but he's always going to get the, the catches. Now with you've got those two dudes out there, and you got Stills able to take that top off. Last week he had eight targets, which is pretty sweet for over 75 yards. 
that is always remember Dog Maddox used to always say for like it's always nice to be that third guy when you got a lot of talent in the one at the one and two for wide receiver. And when you go to certain teams with hyper depth, like he used to always refer to it with, with the Packers, who are on by this week, where you even like the fourth guy. So still should have continued to have a lot of targets and a lot of opportunities. And let's talk about Tannehill. A guy that's been available on the waiver wire all season because of the depth at quarterback. And now I think, I think he's, is he number two for quarterback? Six. Six? Okay. Uh, he's number six, but he's scored a lot better than, I was looking out, you know how you can compare on the waiver wire your players against guys that are available? He's like better than most of my quarterbacks have so far. And the guy's lighting it up. He's throwing touchdowns. He's throwing for a lot of yards the last two games. And you gotta like where he's heading with that confidence because that was the fear with him. What is this guy gonna be out of the league or out of a starting job by week five? Obviously not. So a good start and a good play moving forward, Tannehill. Well, you know the thing that's interesting about Tannehill is that the fear was what he did in week one, which is what he was doing all toward the end of last season, which was throw for under 200 yards and give you no touchdowns. So now he's he's gone ahead and he's given you five touchdowns in the last two weeks. So he's giving you that production. He's still throwing the interceptions, but now you're getting big-time yards. He's gone for over 300 yards in both of those games. So, uh, again, I think part of it is because you don't have a running attack, and you're also playing from behind in all these games. It's, it's just garbage time points. That's all it is. But he's, not a very good he's not a very good quarterback. He's the only quarterback in the league with two, two interception games to finish top 12 among fantasy scorers. That's just something that's not going to continue. Tannehill should be on your bench on a short week against a ferocious Cincinnati defense. No matter what Trevor Simeon did to them last week, the Cincinnati pass rush should be able to create some things. I, I just don't trust Tannehill on a short week going up against Cincinnati. Teams seem to struggle when they're on the road on Thursday night, and I'm especially when they're not favored, I'm not going Tannehill this week. Well, I agree with you not to go Tannehill this week, but I do uh, buy into him as a guy to pick up on the waiver wire because with some of these games, it's like, you know, they may be garbage time and garbage yards, but he's getting a lot of them. Well, one last thing we can say about Miami before we move over to the other side of the ball is they gave a, a moment of silence for, uh, you know, Jose Fernandez, who was obviously gone too soon. Uh, on to the next uh, afterlife, the poor guy, uh, late night boating accident, uh, went into a. Uh, a, a jetty and just obviously the, the pictures on that one are horrific so any thoughts family are with his family his fans uh, all Cubans all of Miami all of Southern uh, Florida and just uh, just that was really sad kind of a tough day on Sunday we also lost the king uh, a man with a drink that I love I was actually at a wedding down in South Carolina on Saturday, and I was drinking Arnold Palmer or John Daly's throughout the whole wedding. I think I broke my own personal record of about 22 uh, John Daly's, and uh, that is basically an Arnold Palmer with vodka, and it was crappy vodka at that. So uh, terrible. <laughs> Did it come with the side of a cigarette? Uh, there was, to be honest, there was so many, it was an Irish wedding, there were so many people smoking, and it was outdoors, at this wedding, I felt like, I felt like I smoked that night, I woke up the next day, and I was like, oh my god, I felt like I smoked cigarettes, I haven't had a cigarette in six years, yes. Man, I remember every time, every time I would see Damon or Bully or whatever, they'd come in, and it's like, man, you just smell, like, it must be... How many packs have you smoked already today? Well, before we get on the last, the worst part about it with that end of it was the fact that it was so hot out 
We were outside, and there was no AC, obviously, but there was a couple fans, like, around the dance floor and around the spot. So these Irish idiots would stand in front of the fans <laughs> to cool down Bully and Leno, and these guys would smoke so that the fan would blow the cigarette everywhere in the whole spot. So it was just hilarious. It was just one big cigarette. God bless them. Uh, it was a good time, so I got to hang out and uh, throw some back with Eric Steinbach. Uh, who actually started his career on the team we're about to segue to, the Cincinnati Bengals, before he went over to Cleveland, and he ended his career. He wasn't able to go for the team we just covered, the Dolphins. But he is hilarious. Successful career as an offensive lineman out of your alma mater. Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Great guy. He actually agreed. Say Buckeyes? Hawkeyes. Did I say Buckeyes? Sorry. I've got EE on my brain. Uh, the question, the one thing is though, we don't know when it's going to happen. Hopefully, it'll be in season. Maybe it'll be a special show we'll do. But he's agreed. He's going to come on the Pyro Podcast. He's down with uh, doing a doing a Pyro Podcast with us. So we'll have Eric Steinbach, who is outrageously hilarious. Let's go over to the Bengals side of the ball. Doesn't uh, Tyler Eifert is practicing limitedly, uh, which is exciting news for people that. You know, went out on a lid ledge and drafted him, which a lot of people did. He was in most leagues I was in. He was about the fifth or sixth tight end to go, even with his injuries. So he looks like he should be returning not this Thursday, but potentially the next game next week. I hope they hold him out even a little bit more, and he comes back in week six, just prime and ready to go. Uh, what else are you guys uh, seeing in this game? For the Bengals. Well, I see uh, a healthy dose of Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. I think that against this Miami defense, which has been a cupcake defense when it comes to, uh, to, to letting up the rushing yards, 147 of them per game. So, you know, Jeremy Hill showed that he was able to run against uh, Denver. You know, that the thing has been for him is can we see the consistency? So I think he'll have a good chance to uh, stack another nice game on, on top of it this week. And I think Gio's going to be able to do a lot of damage as well. Building off of that, Jeremy Hill, after two rushing touchdown performances, he averages like 15 carries for 67 yards and .33 touchdowns. <laughs> so it's not great for Hill in rebound games after, you know, a little bit of a dominant performance. So we'll see if he can sort of buck that trend. Gio Bernard is, I don't know if this is a game for Gio Bernard. This might be more of a game for Gio, uh, for Jeremy Hill, just because their ability to get up. Well, this all depends on the real question mark. Is Andy Dalton in prime time? Because that guy is awful on Thursday night games and in you know Sunday night games, Monday night games. His career touchdown to interception ratio in late games is 16 to 12. While all other ratios are basically in the 1.5 to 1 or 1.75 to 1 range, not very good for Andy Dalton in, in prime time. You remember that awful, awful performance from a couple of years ago where he just probably put up one of the worst quarterbacking experiences uh, outside of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that was interesting, yeah. So I'm worried about Andy Dalton, but I'm not worried about A.J. Green, the Byron Maxwell, are you worried about Byron Maxwell? You shouldn't be. Uh, besides that, the rest of the pass catchers aren't really usable, especially when they're going to hold out you know, Tyler Eifert because there is another 10-day break before their next game. It's. I don't know if you could play an Andy Dalton this week. It, it, he could be great or awful. 
the uh, range of outcomes are not there for me. No, you know what? And, and that, again, I, the way that I see that they should be attacking them on the ground, I don't think it sets up that that well for them. Um, I mean, you, you look at the Dolphins as, as a defense anyway. Um, they've been pretty decent against the pass, but that's also part and parcel because people are running against them and getting big leads early. So, um, yeah, I, I, AJ Green, you're going to start. You know, do you feel 100 percent? confident that he's going to have a, a decent... I think he gets enough targets and he's a good game. The rest of it's garbage. And and, and the problem is is that there's, you know, I'm still a, a buyer on Tyler, on Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, for for a guy that you should stash because Brandon LaFell is still getting the chances and Brandon LaFell sucks. And He made a nice catch, though, this week, though. He did have a nice, nice couple grabs, come returned. Uh, so... But he's which, not getting, which I haven't seen in ages. We, we, we talked so much shit about him that I... I think that was the only catch he had. He finished with like three. Two, three catches for, what, 27 yards or something like that? No, he had two catches, 34 yards. 34 yards. Three I mean, targets. Not quite Yeah. Trubs, trubs. Yeah. All right. Let's, All right. Let's, let's see. Uh, Thursday night games. Kind of glad that I don't really have too many shares in that one. Let's go on to uh, the first game on Sunday, which is in London. So remember, guys... Start your check your lineups early, or at least for the guys that you have that are on the Colts um, and the Jaguars, because that game is going to start at nine thirty in the morning. Nine thirty uh, Eastern, Eastern time. Eastern time, yes. Gosh, so it's like so if you're on the West Coast, I will be it's doing six thirty in the morning. <laughs> it's six thirty in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay up and play through on that night. You're gonna have you know, <laughs> jeez. But that is something to just remember. So get get if you got any uh, Colts players or any Jaguars guys, get them in on Saturday night before you go to bed. Set that up. DVRs so, so you can so you can get up after the game's already going for an hour and a half and then start watching it. Absolutely, C- kind of crazy. It's already week four. This sh- stuff flies by. What do you got? I think? mean, it's crazy that this game should be like a fantasy, you know, goodness, but. Being in London and the travel that's associated with it and the game time on their bodies and all those sort of issues and all the things they do going up to these London games of traveling around to see different landmarks and just enjoying the city while they're there. It it could make for a really tough game for what should be great things for both Andrew Luck and Blake Bortles. But when's the last time that we saw a competitive game in London? It's usually lopsided one for, for one team where it's, you know, so if I'm looking at this this one, who's going to be lopsided for? You know, the momentum, I think, is, is definitely going more for uh, Indianapolis right now uh, than it is for, for Jacksonville, who just seems to be stuck in their own... Uh, yeah, exactly. Stuck in their own guts? Gus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Gus driving look, the bus. Looking at the Colts, though... All the guys you know, you're probably going to start going up against the Jacksonville defense. You're going to start Frank Gore? Sure. Just don't expect 100 yards. Expect 80, 90 total yards and maybe a touchdown. You're going to start T.Y. Hilton after that huge game he just had. 7 of 71 career games for T.Y. Hilton, he has had over 150 yards. Like, this guy can just go off in games, and that's exciting to see. You can't really bench him. Well, and don't you think that it's it's what we saw too is the fact now that Dante Moncrief's not there, the fact that Philip Dorsett is not as good that it gives T.Y. Hilton more uh, targets in this game. I, I don't I disagree about the Dorsett thing okay. because San Diego, it's all about Justin Verrett, but it's not. 
They've got three very good corners, Casey Hayward and uh, Brandon Flowers, or excellent corners. Brandon, don't bring me flowers anymore. <laughs> excellent corners, underrated in this league, and Varek gets all the attention. But going up against them was a tough matchup. He's got a much better matchup this week going up against Jacksonville. Who's he going to get? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Who's going to talk crap to him the entire game and get toasted? Talks crap about everybody that he faces, no matter how long they've been in the league. You know? <laughs> so you're starting all your cold studs. <laughs> Philip Dorsett's probably a wide receiver, three, four, maybe a flex for you this week. He, he's worth the consideration, definitely worth a dart throw potentially in DFS. I thought we didn't want to call it Darth Thrill. That was me. I know. Um, just shitting. Just shitting. Uh, yeah, well, that was nice. T.Y. Helton. I mean, basically, Andrew Luck owners, you guys were a little bit stymied heading into until that 63-yard touchdown. Uh, he hadn't really done jack squat for you, so that was kind of nice. One of those games where if you're playing against Luck, you probably saw you're like, yes, I got luck on a shitty week. Next time you reload, you're like, I fucking hate myself. Why did I say that? Like those good old days against Stafford where he'd throw up like literally 20 points in the last four minutes of the game. So T.Y. Hilton uh, breaks a, a seven-game drought uh, for touchdowns. So that's got to be good. Hopefully he doesn't start a new one. He's a, he's a machine at the yardage, but you need big plays, and you got to get touchdowns from him. That was his fault and his shortcoming last year. So Luck started out as the hottest quarterback, QB1 week one, and has kind of uh, fallen, fallen back into the middling area a little bit. Uh, so hopefully he can have a big outing this week. Let's move over to uh, – is there anything – one thing I should mention is Doyle through three weeks has more points than Dwayne Allen. In every game, not just total yeah. points. <laughs> that's that's uh, a little scary for Dwayne Allen uh, fans and people that went high on him. Uh, is well, Doyle yeah. uh, is Doyle a legitimate play at this point? Been... Well, they are going a lot to uh, tight end sets now with Dante Moncrief out of the lineup. So he's at least got some interesting value for the next four to six weeks. We'll see when Moncrief comes back. But I just don't know. It's like picking and choosing who's going to score the touchdown out of the two. And it's not a game I really like to play. Yeah, but you just look. It was 6 for 65, Doyle last week, and Dwayne, you know, five, three catches for 35. Oh, it's so frustrating when you have that tight end position and you're getting those 3 for 35s. We make fun of people 5 for 50s. Uh, 3 for 35s are enough to make you throw your remote at the TV. <laughs> Let's go to the Jaguars side of the ball. Obviously, Gus driving the bus right out of a job. They're 0-3. Not the way we thought this thing would start. At least Allen came to life. Um, so, you know, Allen Robinson finally had a, had a nice game, had a... Uh, Two touchdowns. Had one touchdown that wasn't a catch. Who knows by the rules? Definitely uh, a catch. De- de- Not really a catch. <laughs> it was a catch. He he, as he's sliding out of bounds, the defender on top of him, and then is is pushing him and knocking the ball out of his hands. So, I I think it's a catch, but it's one of those ones where you still don't know what a catch is sometimes. I mean, the thing is, like, how long do these guys have to knock the ball out? It's it's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I think they finally got one right. And it was good to see it actually overturn on a replay instead of, oh, yeah, you know, play stands. But yeah. Allen Robinson, you should get another good game out of him. The thing is, it's going to depend a lot on if Vontae Davis is in or out of the lineup. He has struggled in two games versus Indy last year because they just blanket him with Vontae Davis. 
I don't know if they can do that again, especially he seems to be leaving the lineup every couple plays with injuries. So he got nicked up again last week. That's scary. I'm still going to start Allen Robinson. I think he's a great play. You know, no matter. I think they're, they'll have to be smarter about moving him around. And then, you know, Vontae can't follow him everywhere. And if he does, Allen Hearns is going to be there. Allen Hearns has had two great games because two. because of what they do. They scheme to take away Allen Robinson. And Hearns is always open. And now you're seeing a little bit of Marquise Lee. You know, Julius Thomas is still there. Indianapolis really struggles with backs and tight ends. So maybe it could be a game for Dumboffs and TJ Hill. Like, this could be a game where he throws 50 or so passes. Yeah, but isn't this also seem like it's like teams from Florida have the same disease? It's like, um, well, at least two of them for sure. We have no running game. And so we have to just rely on, on, the, on this passing attack. And No, it's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> at least... At least we got Ivory back and playing, so hopefully he can start to keep building upon that and become a become the guy they, they, they thought they were getting when they paid. Because well, this is but this is the game I think for Alan Hearns. I mean, all, all people that have owned Hearns and been extremely disappointed with what he's done so far. Um, again, he had 200 yard games against them uh, last year, caught a touchdown in both of those games. So this is one where it's, it, it could be a, a finally a good get off game for him. Cool. Well, before we get to the next game, let me do a quick uh, pyro promo, and then we'll cut to uh, paying the bills and helping us do so along the way. But uh, a pyro promo, do us a favor. We're giving a, a, we're doing a contest. You give us a review on any of the platforms you listen to us: Stitcher, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, Google Play. I don't even know if they have reviews or, or there, but go to iTunes or wherever. Give us a, a high a high star rating or whatever rating you believe. Do a write up. Give us some love, and then you will be entered into a, a bundle for a, a. We're gonna give away three Walter Payton silkscreen posters. They're, we only made 85 of them. They're hand silk screen. They're awesome. Uh, I love them. It's a sweetness poster done by a, a graphic designer, an illustrator here in Chicago named Jesse Ora. So all you got to do is pay back, give back uh, to us a little bit, write a review on either iTunes or whatever platform you're on, tell people how you love it. That helps us, and then you'll be uh, eligible to win one of those three posters. What you have to do is, after you write the review, take a screen grab, send me an email at contact at pyromaniac.com. Say, hey, I did this review. Love you guys. You guys suck. Let's have a Valverde together, whatever it is, and we'll put you into the bundle, and uh, we're going to actually be picking this after next week's game. So after next after week five, we're going to be picking the three winners, and we'll be sure to we'll know your email when you send the uh, the, soap, the screen grab in. Silk screen, sweetness, Walter Payton, do it up. We gonna take a break right now, okay? Uh, we'll be back in a few moments with the answer to our survey. What is your favorite hole? <laughs> Welcome back after that one. Well, my favorite hole is any hole that DeMarco Murray is running through. So we're going to go to the next game, which is the Titans at the Texans. Titans, we'll start with uh, Mariota. Uh, how's he been doing? Where, where, you know, he's a big guy for you, Stags. How, how's he living up so far this this season? And then uh, how 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 is that? How's he going to fare against this Texas de- Texans defense? Well, things have not been good in Tennessee. We, 
I mean, maligning Mike Malarkey is like, ah, oh, it just hurts. I, I, Exotic I like... Smash Mouth is no. It's just he's a bad, you know, football coach, and it hurts to watch him have the development of this young guy in his hands. Maligning Mike Malarkey. <laughs> what was your other ten for? You're just trying to. You're throwing tongue twisters at me today. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here for. Uh, I'll be here all week. I hate that friggin'. <laughs> Is anyone else sick of uh, Peyton Manning and his stupid commercials? Nope. I'm, already, I'm sick of them already. Go retire. Take some time off. Okay, nope, sorry. keep working as long as you can, like the old man says. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it as long as they keep having new ones, and I don't have to see the same one over and over and over. I hate again. that new one. <laughs> but uh, going back, it, the development just looks. Yeah, he looks better, and then when they go up tempo and spread the defenses out and give him the chance to throw the ball, he looks good. But they just don't do that enough. And it's a lot of lining up under center, two running backs in the backfield. You know, go ahead and hand it off to one of these two guys who's ever back there. And then, oh, by the way, now it's third and 11. Now we need you to throw the ball in an obvious passing situation. It just doesn't look like the offense has any continuity besides DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray's been excellent so far this season. Derrick Henry's definitely taken that back seat that we expected. Um, not really worried about him in the red zone or anything so far this season. So DeMarco Murray deserves some props so far. He absolutely does, but I will tell you what, this game, especially for Mariota, you are not playing him this week uh, in any way, shape, or form. Houston is phenomenal uh, against the passers right now. I think they're giving up like 151 yards a game. Really? So, <laughs> yeah, figure out where you're going to get your fantasy points from there. So, Well, Mariota, he's intercepted twice, lost a fumble. Uh, not getting, not getting it done. Not doing the things that that wasn't what what we had anticipated was going to be his game. We thought he'd be able to have a good ball control and taking care of the ball, and that's what they need this offense. But um, quickly for me, Demarco Murray, I'm, I was high as hell on him. I'm loving it. Obviously, I just not liking what you said and how Demarc uh, Derrick Henry's kind of getting that backseat, and I think that's just going to give more and more and more carries. Uh, for DeMarco, he actually snapped what their first a 39 game uh, one without a hundred yard game streak for the Titans uh, with the Bishop Sankeys, the Cobbs, <laughs> the whoever else poo poo platters they've been serving up out of that backfield. Uh, so that is Antonio Andrews. Antonio Andrews. So that's pretty crazy. 39 games, which is second worst. Obviously, the the Colts we talked about earlier. They haven't had a hundred games. 100-yard game and longer. So let's see. DeMarco Murray, keep it rolling. Let's get more of those because it's fun It's fun to watch. Well, and you know what? He's got a decent chance to do it this week. I mean, that's where Houston has been more susceptible is on the ground, and they've given up four rushing touchdowns. So This offense is just so bad that I think, hey, let's put eight in the box and allow our offensive line to, our defensive line to feast on their offensive line. Stop DeMarco Murray and see what happens. That's the scary part. If they're stacking the box, what can Tajay Sharp do? We haven't seen very much out of him, and he had a great matchup last week. So The whole team, had, they didn't do anything against that record. I mean, the, the, Oakland had given up so many points, and they couldn't capitalize on that. They were giving up 500, you know, 500 yards per game, two in a row, and so that's problematic. I don't know. Uh, where is Tajay Sharp? What's... what's 
let's say, let's, are you expecting, is, is Matthews coming back around and going to be the, the go-to well, guy? No. Tajay Starr still the guy, but this is an offense that owning the guy might not matter. It's, they're going to spread it around. You know, Delaney Walker is going to be highly targeted when he's available. I think his... Is he playing? It looked like he was ready to give it a go last week. It looks like you just got to monitor it all week. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's go over to the Texans side. Brock, that was not, um, you know, whatever. We don't need to talk about that game. They need to really rebound. Is this the kind of game that they can do that? Uh, putting up a goose egg against uh, Bill O'Brien's mentor. Is he? Is this, is this something where are you expecting just a, a flurry against the Titans of fantasy goodness? Out of Brock and Lamar and all those guys? I'm not expecting a, a flurry of a game here. I think this is going to be more of a, a plotting game. Take a couple shots here and there. Tennessee's defense has actually been very stingy, uh, especially you know to, to running backs. And you know they, they kind of slog it up a little bit. I, I look at the, the one good thing that you have if you're a Lamar Miller owner. The guy's getting 20 plus carries every single week. Um, you know, you'd like to see him be, be putting the ball in the end zone here uh, on the ground, but uh, at the same time, that's going to come. I mean, I don't think Tennessee's defense is very good, but their offense just keeps control of the ball with the run game and sort of just these long drives to where they don't allow the other offenses to run a lot of plays. On a per-play basis, they're not great. They could definitely be beaten. Uh, well, I think we'll see a little bit more deep shots from Brock Osweiler and, you know, to Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. I think that'll be good things for them this weekend. I'm not worried about the corners on this team. And I think Lamar Miller is still going to get a healthy workload, both in the rush game and the pass game. He averages 5.4 yards against the Air, uh, AFC South. He has yet to play a game against them this season. Um, so let's see... 5.5, uh, 5.4 yards per carry against this division. The, he hasn't played a single game against this division yet. They are going to get it going. I think Lamar Miller at least you know, has his a little bit of a breakthrough game this week. And if not, don't forget, you still have Jacksonville twice, Indianapolis twice, and, and a very lackadaisical schedule in the middle here. Don't sell Lamar Miller for just anything. Well, and I'll tell you what, too. I mean, I, I, I'm not... When you when you, you make a great point about that Tennessee defense too, about how it's predicated on the fact that they just are limiting the amount of plays that are happening, because as far as for running backs, they have allowed or running plays uh, tied for the most with five running plays of 20 yards or more given up on the year so far. But so far, from the piece that Stag Party works on weekly Pyro Power Rankings, we just put it up on the site today, Pyromaniac.com. It is uh, right now the you've got the Texans are thirtieth in fantasy points scored, uh, not not putting up the numbers for fantasy football owners right now. So let's move on to uh, Hopkins. Expecting Deion, DeAndre. Good, good things for DeAndre. DeAndre. Good things for Will Fuller. Both startable this week. The, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, are we going to see more? Uh, Continued targets for Ryan Griffin. Who, I think, you know, I think we will. Uh, and, and you know he's one of those guys. So it's like when you're sitting there 
and you're going, well, which guy do I go for, Doyle or whatever? Actually, Griffin may be a better guy, a guy who's like not owned in hardly any leagues at all. So, and, and uh, there is no competition there for him. CJ Fedorowicz is not going to uh, be any pass catching type of a competition for Griffin. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, let's see. Um, should we move on to yeah, Griffin? He had, he had more targets and catches than, than Hopkins. That's that, that's not good. That's so. <laughs> that's that's not good. Not a good. All right. Let's move on to the next game, and that's going to be the Browns at Redskins. Let's start with the Browns, Kessler. Let's move on from Kessler and go to the backfield. Mess- Throw out Messler. <laughs> Cody Messler. So much so that we'll, well, let Terrell Pryor do some work as a quarterback. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, let's talk about him quickly. Didn't he? Didn't they, he play every position on the field? It was. Much? It was, was a special game. It I was, was waiting for him to punt. I was waiting for him to do even yeah. more. He, he, he should have done a drop kick. kick. He should have done a drop kick. That would have been awesome. Might have made more kicks than Parky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, but for real, Terrell Pryor. He's gonna be a hot waiver wire ad this week. It's going to be hard for him to keep up this momentum of such a huge week. First off, I think this week, if you're smart and you're the Washington Redskins with Brashad Breland, you know, out week to week, losing D'Angelo Hall to a torn ACL for the rest of the year, you just stick Josh Norman on uh, Terrell Pryor, make somebody else beat you, and that's it. You know, we saw last week where Miami couldn't cover Terrell Pryor. It was ridiculous because he was the one-man offense pretty much. It was crazy. And I doubt Washington is going to let that happen to them. But I've seen Washington do stupider things, so maybe I'm wrong. Um, I just don't think long-term with Corey Coleman coming back in two, three, four weeks. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon next week. I don't see how he maintains such a high target share. I think he will be involved in this offense, however. But expecting you know what happened last week and the – 28% target share he now has on the season to continue See, seems like you're overreaching the real value is in this backfield I think what do you think? Yeah a- absolutely I mean in this matchup too with the Redskins Redskins have uh, you know I-, I think that you know Crowell has-, has been showing up pretty nicely and now you're actually having Duke Johnson being into the role that he's more meant to be you're also seeing it's what Hugh Jackson wants to do anyway, right? So he always wants to be able to establish that run. Um, that's just the, that's the safest play that I have on the Browns. You know, unfortunately for Gary Barnage, it's it's who knows what the hell's going on there. Um, he got more targeted this week from Kessler, though. I mean, things were looking a little bit up. Yeah, but. In the end... Who knows? It's Cody Kessler. That's exactly right. Projecting this team hurts a little bit right now. And then all the secondary weapons at wide receiver aren't worth projecting. So if you're looking at this offense, you're looking at Terrell Pryor, you know, Isaiah Crowell, and maybe Duke Johnson if you're a little bit desperate. But Duke Johnson's getting half the snaps every week. Yeah. Although I think that that might kind of improve uh, this week just in the sense that I think they're going to be playing from behind. And I think that that's going to you know, put him in more of the passing situations. And he should get uh, maybe about 60% of the snaps this week. Let's see. All right. Should we move over to the other side of the ball and uh, talk about the Redskins? Talk My about your boy Cousins. Cousins. Talk about him. He's on Stags had a nice little uh, 
news feed slash tweet that the guy's on pace for 5,000 yards. Finally, after two goose eggs on the TV side of things, uh, he finally uh, got a couple of those. So he's on his way. If he can be, keep on throwing at this pace, he's going to do fantasy owners uh, just fine. Looking, um, it looks like there's uh, just the the only the only there's so many weapons in this uh, and receivers there that it's to the point where the dog right now is uh, the tight end. You know, Jordan Reed. He's not living up to his ADP at all. And uh, I'm a guy that was a big fan heading into the season, have shares of him. Uh, so can that turn around? Is Deshaun's at potential absence uh, going to help? open it up for a couple of other guys or is, is, is there just too many miles of I mean now Crowder's the target he's getting the most targets he doesn't have, he's got the, I think he's got the second most yards but uh, what do you think well the thing, with, the thing with Crowder though it's like you know he's he's a guy that he's, he's works the underneath routes you know so um, where he gets his scores it's kind of interesting it's like they, they had the stat I don't know if, if uh, how many Crowder has you know Cole Beasley had his first catch of a, of a pass more than 20 yards from the line of scrimmage yeah. uh, in his career last week. And I would venture to say that Jameson Crowder doesn't have uh, a whole lot of deep targets thrown his way either, but he does work more down the field and in that mid-range. So, uh, And the other thing that he shows is, is a quite an elusiveness once he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, the quickness and ability uh, to, to juke tacklers, and you know, for a smaller guy, he's he's pretty aggressive too. Once he's got the ball in his hand, it's because he's a punt returner. That's all he knows how to do. A good thing, then, hey. <laughs> nah, he's he's a stud. He was. We talked about this in the show a couple times last year when he was making plays, and he looked like one of the best receivers on the team last year when Deshaun was out and banged up a little bit. This, this was a guy that was highly touted out of high school, highly touted in college, and then just got a bad rep because he was a, a girlfriend beater. Uh, so he sounds a little bit like he's figured it out. He's right now one of Cousins' favorite targets, and Cousins throwing the crap out of the ball. Uh, Deshaun's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about Deshaun. He's just a guy who's a little bit banged up all the time, and that's just Deshaun. But then when he's in there, he can put up a 60-yard catch for you. And Deshaun's been lighting it up this season. Yep. You know, he's been an ROI value. Jameson Crowder's been an ROI value. These are two guys who have made plays and can, will continue. The thing with Cousins is he's now thrown, what, the second most passes in the red zone this season? He just looks off. There's just something about him that's not right. He's missing throws all over the field. Crowder should have, like, four touchdowns this season um, just based off being wide open in the end zone and he hasn't been found. So I'm not completely sold on Cousins being back to, you know, a very good fantasy starter. I think right now he's still on the borderline of being you gotta stream him and play the matchups. Well this is a good matchup this, though. This is a good matchup. <laughs> but for everybody except for Jordan Reed, uh Cleveland Browns have allowed just three point eight uh fantasy points to opposing tight ends per game this season. I don't know if that's going to continue. I think it's more the product of who they face. But Jordan Reed just hasn't gotten those red zone opportunities. He hasn't gotten very many opportunities in general. But Jordan Reed just hasn't just hasn't also done really this year. You know, it's we had it. You know, where you would see also the heavy amount of targets that he was getting, which was happening in the first week of the season, and then since then it's been kind of we're spreading the ball around. And it's just he's. I'm watching games. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, who's the? Well, yeah, where's Jordan Reed? And I'm like, why am I not seeing him 
Mixed plates. I'm you're seeing your Garcon. I'm seeing Jameson Crowder. I'm seeing these other guys. You're also seeing a little bit of Vernon Davis, and you're seeing some Niles Paul in there yeah. at tight end, and it's just hurting if you're uh, uh, an owner. So now is not the time to sell, though. No. There are going to be better matchups coming up. I'm not a guy who really likes to sell, though. I wait for that big game and then consider selling. Sure. Well, it looks like regardless. Uh, Cousins and that team are going to be in shootouts. They're going to have to put up a lot of points. It's I, I, it looked to me it was like the game last night when you're watching the Saints. Basically, Breeze and I won't go into this too much because we'll talk about it later. But Breeze looks like friggin' Steve Nash in the good old days when he was on the Phoenix Suns. It's just like I'm going to have to keep scoring and keep scoring because we cannot stop them at all. And it's, it seems like the Redskins are in that same mold. So we'll see. What happens there is uh, Matt Jones is basically just putting up average numbers uh, week in and week out. He's not making uh, D-Rex and his call happy at all, but we'll see. Keep an eye. It looks like this is a great game all around for the Redskins. you got something else you want to So add? Matt Jones, it did look like he really established himself late in that game to where the Redskins weren't moving the ball at all. Suddenly, you know, Matt Jones started making some chunk plays, started making some runs of six six yards, eight yards, 12 yards, started making some chunk plays, ended up with a fairly nice day. The thing is, this is a team that's going to be in shootouts, and when they're in shootout mode, they like Chris Thompson as they're passing down back, and that hurts his value. Uh, Matt Jones is like a flex on a weekly basis, and he's got to be played based on the matchup, but this is a matchup. You know, going against Cleveland where, you know, they're not a great defense. They're a little bit stronger against the run than they are the pass, but we'll see if that continues. Listen, I don't care what you say, chlamydia is a suit. And in my opinion, I can have that if I'd like. You don't have to argue. I've seen it on the grocery store shelves. Yes, I know that clam chowder is not a venereal disease. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next game, and that is the Seahawks at the Jets. And we'll start with the uh, visiting team, the Seahawks. Ooh, ow, my knee, my knee. Yeah, ankle, knee. What's what's both legs? Uh, It's a little worrisome. Russell Wilson... Gonna give it a go? Will he be fine, or is is it is it? Tw- That's what they're saying. They're saying Russell Wilson's gonna time. be out there. Yeah, I mean, boinking. I don't think there's gonna be a time where Russell Wilson, should he not tear an ACL, won't be out on the field because that dude's just tough. And it's it's good to see. The thing is, his abil- his rushing abilities, you know, been severely affected because of these injuries. He hasn't been as mobile in the pocket. And it's making him unable to do things that Russell Wilson's really good at doing, like extending plays and finding receivers down the field. So if you're a Tyler Lockett owner, you're a little bit worried because you're not getting those shots down the field after sort of a broken play. And with the play of this offensive line, he's not getting very much short. The only guy you're really happy is if you're Doug Baldwin, you know, maybe a Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham really showed up last week, caught 75 uh, yards worth of his, you know, 100-plus out of the slot, and that could be a big thing going forward where they use Jimmy Graham in multiple positions and as a wide receiver where they're not asking him to block. Remember, that was the whole big thing when he first came over to Seattle. 
He's going to have to run block, guys. He's going to yeah. have to run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have to run block. So let the man run routes and let him muscle you know, defenders. Let him do what he does, and that's going to make him a better player. Yep. I like it. Um, Rawls, out, out, hairline fracture. How long is he going to miss, you know, I mean, regardless? This, this could be – this is one of those ones that I think it's going to – be a good amount of time that he's out. That's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing right after the bye, and they have a week five bye. Really? So they could be back in week six. But what happens is that when you get these injuries, and he was injured in the preseason with the broken ankle, now he's got the hairline, and it's just a true. It, it, these, these injuries create new injuries. And it seems like it's just going to be a pretty rough season for him, which is fine because Christy Michael, the man, well, the forgotten guy, is looking like a, a gem. Well, this, don't you think that's why they're saying that's when he's going to come back? Because he's like, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to come back as soon yeah. as I can. And, again, I worry like you do that you're coming back too soon. And Christine Michael right now is, is taking a stranglehold of the of the starting running back job. And Isn't it what Kevin White, didn't he have a hairline fracture last year that kept him out the whole season? Yep. I mean, hairline fractures can affect people in different ways. Well, especially know. when it's in here, it was this is fibia, right? So, you know, Ugh. yeah, that's not where I want to have a hairline fracture. <laughs> especially <laughs> as a running back where you think where you're taking all the hits and everything. I mean, with the, with a hairline like I've got, <laughs> the, the, you, you were born with a hairline Your hairline fracture. is fractured. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm the only one that's allowed to make fun of this hairline. <laughs> so, Christine Michael, you're like, oh, I love this guy after what he did last week. 100-plus yards, two touchdowns, you know, one of what, eight tu- one of the eight running backs to score two-plus touchdowns last week. It was a great week for running backs. Oh. Um, but this week he gets the Jets, and the Jets are very good against the run still for all their – you know issues. They are allowing just 12.2 fantasy points per game to running backs. But the thing is, all 12.2 of those points might go to Christine Michael. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Michael's a running back two, maybe a flex play. If I don't have to play, I'm like not going to. But he could be a guy who gets a short touchdown, and that's all you're really looking for. You know, CJ Procise is also probably going to be questionable again. Might not suit up. And that leaves just a pretty similar runner in Alex Collins, who you're not really worried about taking carries away from Christy Michael. And now Christy Michael's out there catching passes and stuff like that, too. So you're feeling pretty good if you draft a Christy Michael late. Um, Doug Baldwin's shown up so far this season. He's going to be a wide receiver, too, for you on a weekly basis. So now is, is, is uh, are they going to move Dale Revis to follow Baldwin around the field? And is that going does, to... Does it matter? No, right now, <laughs> well, no, actually, because the way that he's been getting burned, I kind of want him to be following uh, Tyler Lockett around the field. And I want Lockett just to just ex- explosively burn him with the speed because there's no way that Revis can keep up with that guy's speed. I don't think he can keep up with Baldwin's speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not keeping up with friggin' uh, Funchess. He's, sl- he's, 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 he's a little bit slower carrying the wheelbarrow of money that he's, he's earned in the in the past couple of years, but uh, yeah. And a lot of knee injuries. But listen, I'm doing good, if you were asking. I got my Cavassier Cognac right here, and I'm ready to take your call. While I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever, I have done it to a lot of ladies, and that makes me somewhat like an expert. I have a PhD in, in Tang, <laughs> as it were. Tang. 
as it were. So tell us what we're uh, what we're listening to here. This is the ladies' man. The ladies' man. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. Yes, from the year two thousand. I like it. I like it. And as I said, uh, the intro song that we did was Eagles, and that was in the city. And the outro is going to be. Um, I changed it from Sad Cafe to. Uh, uh, Oh, uh, heartache, to- heartache tonight. It's gonna be a heartache tonight. <laughs> gonna be. A- and I am drinking a Fist City. I'm actually gonna do kind of a, a smorgasbord because I think this. I've got one more Fist City. Then I think I'm gonna have uh, a couple of Galaxy Heroes, which is Revolution, also local Chicago brewery. Then I think if I keep drinking enough and the show goes long enough, I'll have to go to a couple of. Uh, Oh, fresh squeeze. What are you drinking, buddy? I got, because, uh, you know, I'm still high on the Johnny Drama. Uh, sound bites. Victory! So we got the Storm King in the house. So hopefully I can uh, stain some of your fine leather here before the night's through. Nice. Thank, amen. And uh, Stag Party's got his Monster and uh, and his Frost uh, Gatorade going over there. Uh, well, yeah, well, one thing, and we'll get to some of those uh, sound bites, but... One of the things we'll uh, we'll talk about, I think we're good with the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. Before we uh, head over to the other team, the Jets, uh, let's give a little shout out and have a little uh, a little chat with you, Stag Party. Exciting news that uh, Houdini and I announced uh, on our last show from last week when we found out via Twitter that Stag Party is the fantasy football expert for the score seven eighty in six seventy. I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, with, with the way my ears all fucked up, I don't even listen to music in the car. It's just like this dead vacuum. <laughs> it gives me time to just think and contemplate. But uh, awesome, awesome news. And you did your first show on the Sunday morning. Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us, the listeners, where they can listen to you, whether they live in Chicago or if there's a mechanism online that they can check you out. and Give us a little feedback on it, a little pyro promo. and Hit it up, buddy. Hit it up, at Mr. Expert, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I got to go into the studio and we did a show Sunday morning. Um, doing shows Sunday morning are super interesting because it's all about you know that week and all about you know sort of what we do here, analyzing the matchups. But we've got a lot more feedback on questionable tags, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So it's a lot of you know trying to avoid who should we start questions from people because nobody wants to hear about your lineup. Uh, it's more talking about general players and our expectations for them. Uh, but yeah, you can listen to uh, every Sunday morning, 670thescore.com uh, slash live, or you can look on the TuneIn radio app. Uh, there's a couple different ways. And then and that tune, that's live, so I'm tuning in. You're, yeah, you're that's, how, that's actually how I listen to it because it's early in the morning for me, so I was lying in bed. And then I, I tuned in on tuned in radio to listen to Stag Party on the on the score. Hey, ladies, man, were you getting some tang? Were you like, honey, we're newly married. Let's keep she's this like, thing going. She's like, you're getting up there. You're like, get in the other bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then you open a new window. Or <laughs> <laughs> a little multitasking. Not while I'm listening to Stag. No. <laughs> thank, thank the Lord. Good, a good point. <laughs> But uh, give I'm us a little that. more. Tell us, tell us, uh, tell us. Uh, you're, you're fired up to keep going on, and yeah, you probably. said you said that they initially th- you thought you were only going to get like 15, 25 minutes per show, and you ended up being on it the whole show. And yeah, the other guy was sick, so I don't know if that's going to be a you know 
thing that continues. Oh, the with, Thompson guy? Or yeah, yeah okay. the Thompson. Uh, he was sick, so I got to do, I got a little more, more airtime, which is cool. Um, we'll see if that continues. I mean, just try to spread the goo. Yeah, spreading the good, man. We're proud of you. We got got a lot of love uh, via all our social media outlets. We're on Twitter, dot com forward slash pyromaniac, and that's P Y R O M A N, the number one A C. And uh, we're on Facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. Both those social outlets, we're having a good time. I mean, we are killing it, killing it on on Twitter for sure. Facebook, we do a good job, I, I feel, but just stag party. Uh, taking taking our own personal tweets and little fantasy goo nuggets to a to a heightened level. We are killing it on Twitter. So follow us if you. I posted on Facebook last night about this. Is the fact that if you're in fantasy football, the single and we talked about this in the off season and some of our strategy pieces. The single best way to know what's going on in fantasy football by far is Twitter. So follow us and. Follow, listen to us, like our stuff, see people that are retweeting our stuff, follow them, see people's stuff that we're retweeting, those are experts and people we respect and people that are saying great stuff, follow them, and I'm telling you, if you just bounce in on Twitter every other day throughout the week, if you're not a heavy you know, social media or, or Twitter user, if you just do that and follow that news, it is it's like nothing else. The only thing I think that can beat it is sitting watching the NFL Network on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, what do you got for us, buddy? This is for Stags. This is for Stags? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? We can, buddy. Congratulations. All right, let's talk about the Jets. Woo! Fitz Magic. A great tweet that uh, our boy PK Ripper had. Fitz Magic with a blindfold over his eyes. <laughs> Six interceptions. Not what uh, you wanna you wanna be getting. What do you guys got to say about this uh, the side of the ball? Brandon Marshall disappearing this week. Decker not doing crap. Let's talk about let's talk about the Jets. Well. You go from facing a tough defense in the Chiefs to facing another tough defense uh, with Seattle. So this is not one of those, uh, while the schedule really helped us out this week, this is more the schedule is, is kind of playing its detriment. And, you know, whoops, I, I think I think I just saw Fitzpatrick throw another interception. Well, I mean, that was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I You would have to imagine that it's going to be better this week at least from a standpoint of that you're not going to see that horrible of a performance but they're going to have to lean try to lean on Forte in the running game but this is not going to be a strong uh, finishing game for Forte so it's going to be one where yeah you're going to get a lot of touches and maybe he can do some more damage as a receiver but he's not going to be able to really do as much running through the teeth of that defense um, and you know with the with the wide receivers I, I still think you're going to have you know a chance here, you know, Marshall's the concern for me. I'm not as concerned about Decker. Um, he kind of gets what he's going to get. And in this game, you know, it, it could be more of a slog him up game, but he could still end up, I think, at least with 70 to 80 yards in this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Forte is just a volume play. And with how running back is in fantasy football these days, you can't sit him, even though, you know, Seahawks can stop running backs and stop the run game. 
We've seen it before. Uh, besides that, I these these wide receivers are like wide receiver threes this week. You got to temper expectations. That's it. I mean, if you're usually expecting you know a certain amount of numbers, adjust your expectations, and that's what you'll get. Uh, the only other thing for the Jets is they went out and claimed ASJ on Monday, so he should be joining their team. I doubt he gets in the lineup this week, but Quincy Noon was serving as this you know tight end slash slot. You know he might be the most successful player this week, just because of how Seattle likes to play against you know the tight end position. Usually just Cam Chancellor against him. Uh, so Noon might be able to do a couple nice things, but I'm still not betting a lot of money on that one. And you were bummed out that the Bears didn't grab ASJ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, upside player, young. He's kind of a locker room nightmare. But right now, we got Zach Miller, who actually looked pretty good uh, the other night. But we could we could use we could use a little more talent around this Bears team. I think they're trying to go 0 16. <laughs> really? Well, I mean. Who do they want? Who do they want? The guy from Louisville? Can he come out now? No, he's got to wait. They, 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 uh, I mean, broke. you tell me when you have you know, those guys young players, players each other they this have weekend, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah, those two quarterbacks are playing each other. That'll be some good. That'll be some. That'll good. be some good watching. Yeah, but I mean, what are the I Bears? I mean, I, uh, we can get to the Bears when the Bears come up. All right. Well, before we let's let's move on from that. Forte, anything to say about uh, Mr. Forte? Did you guys mention him? No. Yep. Yeah. We, it, it's 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 a volume, but you're just you're not going to get it. I was scratching my balls, concentrating on something else. Sorry about that. Uh, before we go to the next game, let's listen to this. All right, holla for a dollar in our little piggy bank. Bills at the Patriots, and wow, the Bills, the Bills beat an impressive team in uh, the Cardinals last week. Finally, uh, Shady had his best game as a Bill, I, I figure, and um, it looks like they can score. Uh, Ty God is making it happen with his feet. Throwing, winging the ball around a little bit. What are your expectations for the Bills in this game uh, against the three and zero without Tom Brady Patriots? I'm tempering expectations. See, just Rex Ryan versus Bill Belichick, and he might as well just. It's it's like the movie um, where he's oh, it's All right, he's I, got I, the kid with Home Alone. Uh, Adam Sandler. Okay, so Adam Sandler's in this movie. Billy Madison? No. Ladybugs? No. This is the worst. This, <laughs> this is the worst example ever. But it's a recent one where it's like my kid doesn't want to know me. Where it's like Andy, oh, Andy Samberg oh, or whatever. Oh uh, 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 yeah. Oh crap. But anyways, Rex Ryan literally has a doll of Bill Belichick on his, you know, desk because he just owns him. So I, think, I just think of it as the brain versus the boob. Uh, yeah. And the man with multiple boobs. Multiple booze, multiple lap band, in, out, all over the place. Yeah, I think if you talk to one, if you talk to everyone in the world who the best coach in the world is, it's Bill Belichick, in, 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 especially for NFL football. If you talk to Rex Ryan and his brother who the best coach in NFL football is, it's Rex Ryan. And he's just got a big mouth, but he just seems to get his ass handed to him by the master. And we'll see. I don't know. You know, the Patriots are three and zero. They, I could see a surprise uh, visit by the Bills in this one. Uh, we'll see what happens. One thing I wanted to mention, though, and this is a, a quick X bill, is Carlos 
just thinking foreshadowing, mm-hmm. um, is Carlos Williams a guy you sh- you should start thinking about with all the injuries that are happening with these players? Is Carlos Williams guy? He's about, this week will be the last week of his suspension. Should you do the foreshadowing? No one's picked him up. I know that he met with was it the Jets? He he might have met with the Jets uh, a couple weeks ago. Should you if you've got a deep bench, if you've got a long bench, and, and, and you're getting depleted at running back, is this a guy you should grab this week on the waiver wire, stash him? Because think about it, even. Even the Patriots or someone. Couldn't the Patriots grab a Carlos Williams? And if something, lo and behold, which always happens, happens to Blunt or whatever, you know, Lewis is always hurt. Isn't there a great opportunity that this kid, who's only young, it would be his his second season in the NFL, could land in the right spot and be the pickup of all time? Absolutely. I think, but the the thing is, too, as long as you've got a deep bench, if if you can do that stash, it is a big foreshadowing right now because, but here's what's going to happen. Once, now that the suspension, once that's gone, then all of a sudden there'll be a flurry of activity, right? Because everyone's staying away until that point in time. And it will depend on where he goes, you know. Um, is he just going to try to sign with the first team that he can because it's need to have a job? Or is there, you know, just going to be like some tremendous offer? At the same time, you know, is he going to be in football shape? You know, because that's... That's part of the other concern. So, hopefully, he's yeah. not a friggin' idiot, and he's realized. I don't think this. You is, know what? Though, how many guys have we flat. said that about, though? You know, before in the past too, Titus Young and some of these other guys. Well, like, he was just crazy. He that. was crazy, whatever. Right, but but there's just you never know. I, I temper my 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 uh, excitement. I, I almost think that I could wait one more week before I would have to jump on him in the waiver wire. I'm in I'm in two leagues that one of them's 24. Players. You got One of twenty-two. I'm gonna tell you. I've already okay. kind of decided. I'm picking them up. No, you do. And I'm, I'm picking them up just because if next week he gets picked up by a team that's great, now I don't have to be worried about the waiver wire action. Yeah. I've got enough duck butter that I can drop anyways. And if nothing happens, I'm not. I'm not worried about redropping them again. Well, a league with that deep a bench, then there's not many guys that are out there on the waiver wire that could potentially have that much impact. And if you're in a league like that, or if you're in a league, you know, with like 16 teams or something like that, then yeah, it's it's absolutely worth your speculation at that point in time because it goes from a guy that's on the street that could potentially be a starter for you. So absolutely. And he remember last year, he was a beast. He had 12 touchdowns, right? Made 10. No, keep checking. Like seven. Okay. Fuck he had a stretch, though. I'm a ladies' man. I'm going deep on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about Carlos. We'll see. That It just ends up where he ends up. You can end up buried on somebody's depth chart. But and real, take a shot, though, baby. In, 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 real shot. Deep, in real deep benches, sure. But if you've got 14-man oh, benches, it's hard to sign a guy. It's weird that he hasn't signed already. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons why I'm sitting there. I always think about it in the back of the head. I'm looking at running backs. I'm like... Isn't there just a, but the but it's also so many injuries are happening. Yeah, That's but it's weird. weird that he hasn't. Everybody's got injuries, but he hasn't signed anywhere. But but is it maybe because of the whole thing with the suspension? Because no. even if you sign him, you're not going to be able to so? have practice with the team. So he goes on an exempt list. But I think there could be something else coming down the wire. Like why isn't he signed anywhere else? That's he's just, been hanging out with Greg Hardy. Maybe. Uh, uh, Donald Trump was hanging around with Greg Hardy, it looked like, in that debate last night. Yeah. Oh, politics. 
The sniffles. I'll give you one for that. Next caller, go ahead. You got the latest man. Ladies, man, lately I've been feeling really confused. Yeah, that sounds good. No, it's not good. I'm in a relationship, but I don't know if he's for real. How do you know when you're really, truly in love? Don't worry. When you're really, truly in love, you will feel it deep down in your pants. Unless, of course, you're not wearing any pants, which is not uncommon in my case. <laughs> what are you talking about? I asked you about finding true love. Well, yeah, that's right, you did. Well, listen, I hope whatever I said was helpful. Nick? <laughs> um, Sammy Watkins going to give it a go tomorrow in practice. We thinking that it's going to feel good, that foot? Or is everyone... Sell, sell, Fuck sell. Fuck if I know. I'm just glad he took a week off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take breath. another week off. I, I, think, I don't care. That's take a couple, the best thing. Take a couple weeks off. Get your foot better at least a little bit, and then come back on a tear like you did last season. Yeah, I'm I'm praying for it. Jeez, Louise, guy's killing us. Anything anything that can uh, take his place? Anyone else we need to talk about? You know what? The, here's the worry though. I bet you, I bet you he does play because this is New England. They lost those first two games. They made their statement win against Arizona. This is one of those things where this is Rex speak, you know, oh, you know, the, the schedule. Maybe this is just what we need. This is just what we need. You know, we'll get Arizona and then we'll get Bill Belichick. This is just what we need. So, you know that Sammy Watkins is probably going to try to play for, for, for all that. And then I'm worried that if he does because it's one of those games that would I play him in it? Um, probably not because... Belichick will scheme to take him mostly out of the game anyway, and if he is somewhat hampered, I worry about a re-aggravation of that injury early in the game, and, or just a limited uh, amount of effectiveness, like you saw from Brandon Marshall last week when he was coming back on, on his injury. Yeah, Bill takes away the best player. Last season in two games, nine catches, 99 yards, and one touchdown combined. So, you know, he was good in one and you know pretty bad in the other. It's a tough call. It's a mixed bag with him. Sort of a mixed bag with Tyrod Taylor, too, last season against them. So I'm just generally going to avoid the Patriots unless it's a team stacked with offensive weapons that can distribute the ball around. Let's go over to the Patriots' side of the ball. Awesome little showing by Brissett Jacoby last week, last Thursday. He hurt his hand, thumb. How do we pronounce his name? Because as I was watching the broadcast... You had one guy saying Brissett and the other guy saying Brissett. I think it's Brissett. I'm going at. I don't know. Yeah. It's ETT. That doesn't mean anything. Who's <laughs> playing? Who's playing quarterback? Uh, and if we don't know the answer right now, how, what? At what point do we find that out? Can it? Is it it's Bill Belichick. Probably <laughs> Sunday morning. Probably 45 minutes before game time. I can't wait for Brady to get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things that if you're sitting there and if you're trying to say, oh, am I, and, and, and maybe you're in the league with Garoppolo or, um, and uh, Brissett are both available on the waiver wire, this is what you're thinking about. But no, you just avoid it this week because if, if the information is not out there, you're, you're just wasting a, a pick on a guy that's a speculation at that point in time. And, and at that point, it could be almost a, a 50-50 coin flip. I mean, I, I, almost for me, I'll, I'll, if I had to put my money on it, I bet you that they'll play Brissett, you know, just because he won the game last week. They're three, three, you know, you, you're playing on it with house money right now, knowing that Brady's coming back next week. Uh, Garoppolo, you want to make sure that he stays healthy just because you know that he's a quality quarterback and, and it's someone that you want to protect. And just in case, God forbid, something does happen to Brady the rest of the season. So, 
I, I think the opposite. I think it'd be okay. more, I think it'd be more like yeah. I think it'd be more Garoppolo just because it's a division game. Yeah. Games that you have to win, the Patriots will get gear up for. And they have a better shot to winning with Garoppolo than they do with Brissett at quarterback. Just because they can run a more Patriot style of offense with quick passing and then LeGarrette bump the hammer later. Is Garopp is, is Jimmy gonna get I was I when I was Feel like I'm gonna screw up his last name, so I just jump to Jimmy. Jimmy. Does Garoppolo Jimmy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> does he have trade value? Do you think that you could see the minute Brady comes back, a couple teams knocking on their door and they do the old shipperoo? Could you see him getting traded to another team this year? I think the Patriots would laugh at them unless the price was oh yeah same as Sam Bradford. I'm saying it's a good. I'm saying they get a good deal. They're like, we like what we see here. We want him, and the and Bilicek just saying, hey, well, I'm this is be the last year of his contract, I believe, right? So he's coming out of his rookie contract, Garoppolo. Um, you know what? They've they've done that before, but that's because I Brady. Think he's got is, another year after. Brady's Brady's had so much left in the tank. So I think at this point in time, no, you're going to hold on to it just because Brady's 38 years old. I mean. How many more years can it go on? I mean, you hope as long as it can, but got to have insurance. I agree. I think Brady's got like three or four more. He's going to be, he's going to change the whole deal. But I feel the same way about Breeze. Breeze is going to be around for a while, too. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Blunt. Let's talk about. If you know. have Blunt, you're starting him against this team. I mean, plain and simple, David Johnson's scoring them a new one. Two touchdowns last week. Uh, you know they've just given up fantasy points by the boatload. So which holes does Legarrette Blunt like the most? <laughs> the one directly in front of him. <laughs> the one he tore up in many weeks. Uh, let's go to the wide receivers. I agree with you. Why does uh, why does Solid Nine always ask second <laughs> opinions that include James White? Dude, why is he always asking about James White? Is it weird? He's in Rhode Island, right? So maybe they're, they're close to New England there. They're in that whole, that whole quadrant. PZ. I don't, know what you got. Or I don't know what you got with this James White, but for years now, you're like, so, rest of the season, James White or Tevin Coleman? <laughs> now, it, it, but he also has the famous, all right, these three guys, rank them this week and rest of season. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I be honest? Just for people that are pyro pros, we love you. These second opinions are incredible. We're getting more than ever, and we love answering. They're great. Re- the rest of season question is from from my perspective. It's not something you should be asking every week. You got to go in. You got to evaluate. Asking us to rank players for rest of season. It's unless you're trying to figure out a way to dish one of them off in a trade, and we're trying to help you keep two out of and figure out which one you want to trade. Okay, but if you're asking us the question, which guy, like you said, of these four, rest the season? Like, no, just not the way it works. Every week, go back to the drawing board, evaluate what's going on in the past games, the matchups that are in SOS moving forward. So it's just my little. It's always matchups. Health. Things that are going on around you, opportunities, yeah. just in fantasy football, don't be stuck in the same way that going into drafts. Be fluid. There's no rest of season. You're not going, unless you're going to Siberia and you can't change your lineup and you're offline, rest of season, not a great question on second opinions. Anyway, uh, let's go to the wide receivers and talk about some white guys that catch the ball. 
guessing which <laughs> guessing which one it'll be is I don't know. But the question is really does Gronk play? I mean they played him last week, but now do you say, hey, screw it, we're three and oh. You know, we thought maybe we needed some Gronk with Brissett in there, but now it could be Jimmy G. Um, we're three and oh. Brady comes back next week. Do we just throw just save Gronk another week and him and Brady come back for well, a well, if it's Gronk tour? If it's a division game and you gotta play Jimmy G, why wouldn't you be playing why wouldn't you be playing Gronk? Because too? he could do it without Gronk. He showed that through two weeks. <laughs> well, I understand it. You're also got that's why I'm saying How many snaps did Gronk even play? I mean, do we know? Nineteen. Yeah, it didn't look like much. It was, it was every moment easy, I was watching easy, he was like easy. standing on the sideline and not looking as exciting as he usually does in the offseason. You're gonna play he's gonna play anyway. It may be limited snaps, but he's gonna play because Okay, do you play him in your lineup? Um you know what? You you hit you have to play him in your lineup, especially if it's Jimmy G that's under quarterback, just for the sheer potential of him in the red zone. It's one of those things that you know, even if they're saying, you know what, we're not going to use him until we get inside the red zone. Who was that? Was that him last year? Was that uh, who was that? Was that a couple years ago? It was like Jimmy Graham maybe at one point in time when he got hurt with New yeah. Orleans. Or yeah, like, we're only going to use him in the red zone. You know what? It's still worth the opportunity if I can get two touchdowns out of him. I'll take it. So, just one touchdown to be a top twelve scorer, you just need you know seven fantasy points. That's all it takes in standard leagues. So it's an incredibly touchdown-dependent position. You know, the chance, what, what's Gronk got now? Like 56 and 73 career games? He's the, one of the best touchdown scorers ever. I still think if Gronk plays, you don't have another elite option, you have to go with Gronk. Asking if you should play Dwayne Allen or Gronk is Gronk. Asking if you should play, you know, unless you're throwing out maybe Travis Kelsey, maybe a Delaney Walker, should be, he be healthy? You're playing Gronk. Yep. Um, and on the other side, exciting news uh, when you got Bennett. You know, Bennett. Bennett's looking even when even when Gronk and Brady come back. I mean, could Gronk just kind of be a decoy for uh, many weeks to come until he really fully gets his health back? Uh, Bennett's a, a, a great time, and has turned out to be a great ROI ADP pick. I mean, just he's one. He's a godsend for them. It's just one week. Like he's caught combined what five passes for twenty-four yards in the other two weeks. Right. But it was all that one week where he caught that fourteen yards, yeah, and you know got that touchdown, which is par for the course. It seems like some. He's an up and down type of player. Yeah, There's going to be some weeks, but projecting those weeks is difficult. There's not a set plan. It's the Patriots. They are the hardest team to project. You know, maybe outside of the Ravens, just because the Ravens are in a different way. But it's the Patriots. They change their game plan every week like no one else in the league, and you don't know what that game plan is going to be. Oh, they do that all the time, and that, that, you're 100% right. How many times have they all of a sudden come out and they and the very first drive in three plays, they show you three different looks that you haven't seen from them the entire season, and they throw it out to you there. So everything you prepare for, it, it, it gets shot in the foot. Nice. Well, let's uh, move on to the next game, and that one's going to be the Panthers at the Falcons. Wow, Falcons uh, getting it done, but let's uh, let's start with the Panthers, a team that didn't get it done. Oh, didn't get it done. We're up 10-0 and then just got housed, housed. Uh, at home by the Vikings. Housed. Um, I, I think this is a get-well game, though, so this is one of those ones where I, you, you kind of look at it, 
you know, you got embarrassed at home. Now you got a division rival. You got a division rival who we saw does not have a very good defense. So you should be able to walk into their house and do some disrupting of your own. You know, Carolina's defense is still top notch, so they're going to be, you know, you know, we'll get to the Falcons side in a second. So I think that the Falcons are going to have a hard time extending a lot of drives and having a lot of long drives against them. I think Carolina's going to have the ball in their hands a lot. Um, you're going to get the community backfield kind of going on there again. Uh, I, I do probably believe it's going to be Cameron Artis Payne is going to be the the, the main guy uh, carrying the load out of there. You know, all that, all the thought that the, of the Fozzie Whitaker thing, you know, that just went by the wayside. So No, we knew that was going to happen. Right. They've been saying the entire time that Cameron Artis Payne is the backup. The only reason we played Fozzie Whitaker is because he has more special teams value. And the only reason we played Mike Tolbert is because he's got more special teams value and he can play fullbacks. And that's why Cameron Artis Payne is inactive. But, yeah, I mean, expect a community backfield approach. Fozzie Whitaker's still going to be the passing down back. Tolbert's still probably going to be the short yardage back. And Cam Newton's going to be the red zone back. So it doesn't really matter for Cameron Artis Payne unless you want six fantasy points. But this um, is a game that I'm telling you, uh, Calvin Benjamin is going to get back into the end zone again. I don't know. Zero targets, dude. I know. One zero. target. One. Well, listen, sure about that? Yeah. Okay. But this is this is one still, of those things. Okay, get one. You're right. You know, zero catches. You look at you look at the the receivers that were having uh, that that they were able to bottle up Brandon Cooks right not being able to do anything. Benjamin with his size and his ability against this defense, he's going to have a good game. He's going to score a touchdown. I'm telling you, I, I, he's. he's I, I remember, I, I, it's a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. This is going to be another one of his ten. Touchdowns. I I don't agree. This is Greg Olson game all over it. Have you seen the Falcons try and guard a tight end? I, no, Kobe, I have Kobe all season. I, I mean, Kobe Fleener, I understand. I understand. One thing I love seeing in... It doesn't um, mean that Benjamin's not going to get a touchdown. I'm telling you, Carolina's going to roll him in this game. One of the things I, I, I um, loved reading in the Matt Harmon's piece, uh, which is a target touches and uh, look... Uh, targets piece, essentially. We do the targets, touches, and looks. Uh, and it was regarding uh, Captain uh, Munnerlin's full quote on David Funchess. And it's friggin' hilarious. Basically, regarding Calvin Benjamin and David Funchess from uh, making any catches today. Basically, his quote was, I don't know what we did. I think we just knew where Benjamin was the whole time. Funchess, we weren't worried about him. It was Calvin Benjamin. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be honest. Me personally, I never talk like this, but I don't think he's that good. Number seventeen, Funches. So we weren't really worried about him. We were worried about Benjamin and Ted Ginn Jr. and Corey Brown. We knew we knew they were getting the ball and receiving well. We just tried to communicate and make plays. I mean, basically, that's not a that's not a resounding uh, testimonial for uh, Funches uh, moving forward. Uh, Devin Funches. Defenses aren't even worried about you. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be. We haven't seen much from him except for one touchdown. Yeah. Um, but Ted Ginn should be able to make some plays. The Falcons have good corners, though. That's the thing. You know, they, they were very good against receivers last year, but they can be destroyed by tight ends. Greg Olson, you know, for his price on Fanduel, I think they only have like three incomplete passes. To tight ends all season long. That's a good stuff. Uh, and most of them are drops by Fleener. 
Um, but besides that, Fleener just lit them up. You know, they've been lit up every week of the season by opposing tight ends. Greg Olson, you know, if you can get him in your FanDuel, DraftKings lineup, interesting play. Um, yeah, besides that, you start Kelvin Benjamin, you start Greg Olson, you start Cam Newton. You probably don't start anybody in this backfield. And Ted Ginn's worth a, a you know, a, for lack of a better word, a dart throw. Well, I think in, in general, we might find out the Falcons are a lot better than we think they are. Because they can come out and everyone's already thinking, oh, this is like you had said, this is going to be a makeup game and all this stuff. The Falcons might just be under their second year under this offense and the way they're looking and the points they're putting up and the depth that they have. This could be if the Falcons put up some points, whether even if even if they can't pull out a victory here, you know, they're three and zero. Let's say they lose, but if they put up some some points on this Panther defense, still considered a vaunted defense, one of the top three in the league. Watch out. Well, look. I think that they can put up points on this defense, but the problem is they're not a balanced team. You know, they they don't have a strong defense. So that's where I that's where my only real concern is when I look at uh, you know the Falcons. Uh, but from the offensive side of the ball, wow, the, the the performance that we saw out of Tevin Coleman and out of Devonta Freeman against New Orleans. Now, granted, that was New Orleans, and this is a completely different defense with a lot better linebackers. Um, so this is one of those ones, temper your expectations, and the problem is is that I, I worry more so for you as Devonta Freeman owners only in the sense that the fact that Tevin Coleman is getting so much work has to be frustrating. You know, when you see, and not until the end of the game uh, did they finally put Devonta Freeman in, in, the, uh, in the backfield when they were in the red zone. Every other time, Devonta Freeman is bringing him down the field, and all of a sudden, here comes Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman vultures his third touchdown. So, um, and, and the worry is also that Tevin Coleman has showed everything that he has. So they are, you know, absolutely in a timeshare. Uh, it's not a community or a committee. It's their timeshare. Um, and, you know, what happened to Julio Jones, who was unable to, you know, the the, uh, the Saints did everything they, they wanted to do to, to, to shut him down, and then all of a sudden everybody else started to get involved. So The Saints didn't really do anything special against him. They threw, like, undrafted corners and guys in their second year at him, and Julio just looks a little bit hurt, and that's a little bit scary. So I'm worried for Julio a little bit um, this week. You know, they're going to scheme to take him out. Matt Ryan threw just one touchdown pass against the Panthers in two games last season. But, uh, you know, I don't really want to play Matt Ryan if I own him this week, but I guess you could. Uh, he's been the only quarterback with three top 12 performances so far this season. He's been the most consistent player, and he's been a player who's been hot at the start of seasons. You know, but at the same time, I'm, I just, if I have a better option, I want to start him because the odds in my mind of him throwing three touchdowns against and for 300 yards against Carolina it's more so only if Carolina's blowing them out and they're going to get them all toward the end of the game in garbage yards I, I don't know that that, that it's going to be that type of a game I think it's, it could be one of those two touchdown one interception 250 yards you know if they're going to win having to slow it down and use a lot of the running backs you know again I still think that you'd be pretty happy with that performance now I mean well, depending on what you have as your options, you know, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, yeah. you're, 
You're not looking at one of these games where it's going to be a blow the top off of it. He's going to throw for 350, 360 yards, three touchdowns. You know, it's, just, it's not one of those games. I don't know. I think that the, the weaponry is Sanu. Is he not? Is he out? He's got a shoulder. I'd no, rather move it today. He's, he's, he'll give it a go. Day to day, yeah. He should be back in. Does it matter if he's in or out? He's... I mean, it doesn't matter. I still think you have to play Julio Jones, even if they scheme to take him out of the lineup. We saw what he was able to do against them last season. We saw that big jump ball touchdown. And that's just what Julio could do when healthy. Let's just hope he's healthy. And then besides that, I think if you you could start both backs as flexes, running back twos. Do you think is an injury like a, a, he's got a calf muscle injury? Is that a is that a lingerer? Is that the kind of thing that sticks around for a while, or is it just something he needs to get uh, worked out and, and and It's a tissue issue. Those never seem to go away. Tissue issue. Sounds like me camping when I'm taking a deuce. <laughs> All right, let's move on to you know what? Before we move on to the next game, let's have a listen to this. All right. The Raiders are going to be at the Ravens. Um, Derek Carr, I love the stat that I read earlier. Uh, from, from I don't know if it was from you retweeted it or something, but just on the fact that in their 19 games or so together, how Crabtree had been had outperformed uh, the number of games. What was the, what was the stat? Had outperformed uh, Amari Cooper in like 11 of 19. 11 of 19. Crazy. Yeah, he's, I mean, Crabtree's probably an underrated receiver. I've been saying it all offseason that Crabtree's not just going to go away. Uh, it didn't matter that he just got paid. You know, that, I think those were. That was Mo, Mo, Mo was riding on that, and I, 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 I felt it a little bit, but yeah, he's. I've been saying it for, for you, ages. You've been the biggest supporter of, of Crabtree for going he's back. He's got the best hands in the league still. Yeah. I mean, he's just the guy. You throw in his vicinity. He's he's a he's a, he's a get go out and grab the ball uh, like no one else kind of guy. He can make unbelievable stabs at the sidelines. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Crabtree and Cooper, you could both play against the Ravens. We saw, you know, Ravens give up two passing touchdowns to Allen Robinson last week, but the yardage wasn't there. But I think Derek Carr's a flat-out better quarterback than Blake Bortles, so you should have some advantages there. I don't think the Ravens are great in the secondary, except for Eric Weddle has really, really, you know, shored them up. The Ravens are allowing, you know, compared to last year, just 57.4 fantasy points total against their defense, and they were in the 90s last, or in the 87 range last year because of all their injuries and, you know, no subs, and half their defense was out by the end of the year. Eric Weddle's a, you know, a player at safety who's calmed them down a bit, and he's covering up some deficiencies at corner. He's a potential Pro Bowl player, uh, I mean, no, a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame. when he's when he's all said and done, for what he, you know, does as, at the safety position as far as not only settling down defense, uh, hitting ferociously, ball hawking, yeah. Well, if Bob Sanders got a Pro Bowl, uh, or a Hall of Fame nomination. He did? He got a Hall of Fame nomination. Oh. This is a guy who's played in, like, 69 career NFL games. Yeah, he was damn good, though. I'm a Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. but, but still. I'm giving. I'm taking Weddle over Sanders any, any time. I mean, Bob Sanders is a great for player when active. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for one game, if, if both healthy, I'll take Bob Sanders. All right. We'll see. Let's we'll get see. back on track. Let's, let's, let's play it in man. But I'm a homer. I'm a homer, so, you know. I mean. 
So I think I think what if there's a if there's a glitch during the uh, during the recording that that Homer might come off as a little weird. <laughs> well, you know what then? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, you see, what your problem is is that you suffer from um homo unerected, uh, which means basically is that your wing is hugified not by a, a woman but by a man. <laughs> Bam, there it is, the only band I love. I will probably begin with the very classic first line. Something like, big sweet thing, can I buy you a fish sandwich? <laughs> that, that worked for me once, actually. Thank so, God, she likes fish sandwiches. So we know you're starting Amari Cooper, and we know you're starting Michael Crabtree if you own them. The question is, what are you doing at running back? Latavius Murray's oh. been on a tear, scoring every game this season. But, can I but, th- but, you know, what's what's he done in terms of snaps? And what's he done in terms of carry production? Because he's only getting 30, 40% right. of carries and snaps. Let Latavius owner Murray, ta- uh, Murray owner talk here because it is so frustrating. And I want to tell you, at some point in time, I think he is frustrated. This is also one of those things where it's like, I wonder if there's there's some sort of issue that he's having maybe with Jack Del Rio or whatever it is, because he's out there and then all of a sudden you're getting uh, Jalen Richards getting carries, you got uh, uh, Washington, DeAndre Washington's getting a bunch of carries. Washington, uh, of those two guys, of those two rookies, he looks the better. Uh, he looks like the one that, that has the more longevity as far as if uh, they were to move on from Murray, which was a consideration. So... You know, there was a play that happened where it was Murray was in the backfield, and then he all of a sudden, you know, he comes out in motion, and he goes down to, as a wideout, and the, the the play is set to go to the other side of the field, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it here for you guys. So he's standing there, and I swear, as soon as the ball is hiked, he's just doing this. He's got his hands on his hips, just staring across the other side of the field, not even doing anything to like make the defender who is across from him like even think about anything. It just looked like I'm a pissed off little kid, and and then all of a sudden he's not on the field for a lot more plays and stuff. So I'm wondering if there's something going on that we're not hearing about or whatever because he's just they're not putting any trust in him and they are definitely using a community uh, backfield in this one. Oy. Yeah, I mean I think you still have to roll out Latavius Murray just because he's been efficient at scoring. He's been efficient when gotten the ball. He's caught some passes here and there. I think you still got to roll them out as like a running back two flex. But the rest of these guys are there. But it's going to take an injury to one of these three yeah. to really provide some clarity. Can I ask you a question, though? Because this is one of the things that was so frustrating. Because you saw the way that the game started out last week. He had a 22-yard touchdown run. And then on the next series, he's not out there. So it's like, it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, when you have a hot hand, that there's not even a consideration here that we're going to go with the hot hand, or we will go with the hot hand as long as it's not Latavius Murray. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's also very confusing because Jack Del Rio in his career is a guy who relied on a bell cow running back. You know, he didn't like these running back rotations, you know. So that that's also interesting. So we'll see how this plays out, but it's something to monitor. If you can get a good offer for a Latavius Murray now at this Take point, it. I think you might want to take it. Because you're not going to get you're not getting the 130, 140 yard potential games. You're getting 80 yards and hopefully a touchdown. And the touchdowns are what's saving you right now. Frustrating. Uh, Clive Walford, who's a big pickup uh, off the waiver wire last week, disappointing uh, outing. 
uh, anything there against this Ravens defense? Or is, are no, they, they are notoriously tough against tight ends. Very. Do not play tight ends against the Ravens. That is all. That is all. That is all I have. Yep, the Ravens uh, ninth so far this year. They're only like, which shows you they're so tight ends are doing so poorly this year. That's that's three point seven points fantasy points a game they're allowing so far, and that's ninth. Uh, that just shows you the best team against uh, tight ends so far. The Eagles. They're only let one point seven fantasy points per game per outing. Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles, the Eagles are saying, you know what? You're going to score as many points as Zach Ertz is going to score because he's out. Yes, exactly. Ravens are the fourth best team against fantasy points this year, holding holding down quarterbacks as well. So, uh, could be uh, something to consider for Derek Carr. Anything else we want to talk about here? Let's go to the Ravens. All right, Ravens side of the ball. I'm going to just let you guys talk about it. I'm not interested in talking about this one. So Steve Smith starting to get it going a little bit, showing that. What, his mouth? He's still hey, 87. Yeah, Steve Smith got his little nasty streak going a little bit. Mike Wallace was the one who wasn't you know as productive this week. Uh, but both those guys are you know maybe wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours, flexes for you. Uh, in leagues, so consider both of them highly uh, on a weekly basis. Mike Wallace has been, you know, a top 12 guy in two of the first three weeks. So he's, Thanks to touchdown production. Yep, so. yep, yep. But he's also averaging 16.6 yards a catch, mm-hmm. and that's something that's, you know, pretty good for Mike Wallace. Dennis Pitta's been highly targeted, but I don't think he scored any fantasy points. Didn't record a reception after halftime. <laughs> Last week, so that's a little bit concerning. That teams are starting to, you know, sort of take him out of the fold a little bit. But that means good things for Steve Smith, good things for Mike Wallace. You know, uh, Brashad Perriman is now the third wide receiver on the depth chart, passing up Kamar Aiken. So if you bought into Kamar Aiken, make sure you get out now. Sell, sell. Tell him to get back in there and sell. Drop, drop, drop. other than that, these two running backs have been, you know, just awful so far this season. Uh, I think they're Justin Forsett, by the way, again, is now averaging more yards per carry than yards per catch, and he has 12 catches, and I just don't get it. Um, but whatever. Uh, and then there's in a Mark Trustman vaunted receiving offense for the for the running back when a player is cut. And then re-sign right away. I'm never too excited about it, about, about his fantasy uh, prospects. Unless for the it was coming, season. C- coming Nick. I don't know, man. <laughs> Get him, Rocky. I don't think that's why. But Kenneth Dixon's a guy, you know, who should be coming back eventually here in the next week or two. Is so, that a, is that a foreshadowing? That's a, a, yeah, that's absolutely part? a foreshadowing, and I would tell you, um, yes, I, I'll add him to the to the waiver wire piece because. Yeah, you. There's nothing going on ahead of him right now. So why are, would you not give this guy all the opportunity? Let's remember, Javoris Allen hasn't even been active for a game this season. So. That's crazy, man. And he was great last year. What What was uh, Dixon's injury again? Sprained MCL. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, torn MCL, one of the two. All right, sprained. It was like six week injury is what it was. Well, let's go to let's go over to the next game, and before we do. Let's listen to this. All right. 
the Lions at our Soldier Field against the Bears. Oh, brother, brother, brother. Let's start with the Lions. Let's start with Marvin Jones. Let's Marvin. start with a Valverde. Better. Better. You see, I like to help people. That is what I do. You know, I am like Mother Teresa, but a bonin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marvin, what was he like? First player ever to have over 200 yards on six catches? No, he's like the fifth player since 2000. Is he? <laughs> That's a sick game, though. God That's damn. a sick stat. Really? That many? Uh, on just 200 on just six catches. God, that's just like every, it's like, bomb every single play. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones, what, had gains. I mean, that stiff arm he put on the defender yeah. while running away from him was excellent. I mean, he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now. Crazy. If you want to sell high and you're getting a great offer, sure. But Marvin Jones is a weekly wide receiver two, you know, low-end wide receiver one for you on a weekly basis. If you're going to trade Marvin Jones, you've got to get something valuable back in return. Mm-hmm. And how about Golden Tate um, doing nothing? Again. Tate. It's amazing, too. It, it, you know, it, it, you look at this offense, and if you want to, here, I'll give a, a rest of season type projection here. <laughs> well, the fact is that since you have Amir Abdullah who's out, and you have Theo Riddick, who is not a inside-the-tackle running running back, um, you don't aren't going to get the consistency there. They're going to be leaning on their passing game. This is why Stafford almost becomes, uh, you know, a guy who is being – Probably drafted as what, like the 15th or 16th quarterback in, in uh, preseason drafts. He basically becomes a must start now almost every single week. And this week, especially, I would take him against the Bears yeah. uh, to do some major damage. So, the Bears. The Bears. No, not, not, not even worth that to me. <laughs> the Let's, Bears. There you go. That's more like it. Uh, so, I think you could, even if you don't trust Golden Tate, this might be an interesting weekend to leave him on your bench, but maybe play him in DFS against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done pretty well against the Bears in his career. Can I make a great point to interrupt you real quick? I love that because I've done that with a lot of times where I'm sitting there with a tough decision, and I've done one of two things. Either I'll have a guy who I'm like, I really want to start either one of these guys on my team, but then I'll start one of them in DFS instead. Or if I have the, the, the team who I'm going against, I'm like, God damn it, this guy's going to fucking light it up against me. I'll play that guy in DFS. So at least no, I can... I'll play that guy's whole team. Yeah, I know that's your thing. <laughs> I've done that with the key players for each one. I'm like, oh man, like Melvin Gordon last week, I was going up against him and Jarvis Landry. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta play these guys in DFS. Nice. I like that. I, I like mean, that approach. Eric Ebron, the sixth tight end through three games, he's been able to show up. Uh, you know, he just seems to leave the field. He's bad. Yeah, he's he's always like. Time. He's always like he's, but he's performing. Up. I know, I know, but he's know. always nicked up. It's weird. Points per snap, right? He's, <laughs> he's, he's up there. What are your thoughts on uh, Dwayne Washington? The buzz is that they're going to kind of start working him in more and more and give him some more opportunities. Is that is that going to happen, or is this going to be this? Uh, well, it's going to happen as much as they can, right? You know, if they have a game that happens like last week where you get completely destroyed. With Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns in the first half, right? Then, no, you're not going to get as many touches. But this is the type of a game, yeah, you, you want to do that because, again, Theo Riddick can't have that heavy workload. He really needs to be more of that outlet guy, uh, your big more big splash play type of a guy. And he can't do that if he's taking the beat and running inside. So Washington's going to have to take that uh, that responsibility. Oh, yeah. 
Dwayne Washington against the Bears this week? Yes, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> Sign me up. Remember what they do? The Dallas Cowboys rushed for 200 or so yards against the Bears last week. Ezekiel Elliott had 140 of those. Yeah, you could pretty much fire Dwayne Washington up as a flex play. I mean, it's risky because we haven't seen very much. He ended up with, what, 38 total yards last week. But this is a big dude who can catch as well and who's pretty fast for his 220 pounds, you know, frame. This is a 4-4 guy, Dwayne Washington out of Washington. Exciting little prospect, uh, you know, seventh-round pick by the Lions. But he's what made Stephen Ridley, you know, expendable. Absolutely. And Zach Zenner got pushed to the back of the bench for this guy. But they're also saying they want to get Zach Zenner a little bit involved. I'm not buying that one. They, yeah. want, to, they want to get ZZ Top? Uh, <laughs> that was the dumbest thing yeah, I've ever said. Yeah, that, that was the dumbest thing I've ever Z, said uh, on a final podcast. ZZ, I and got I've done a lot of stupid things on this show. On this it's house. all lined up for me. And I'm going to Cody Parkey this thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a street in Elgin. Or what's LaGrange. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. In the long summer, but not even close to it. Not even close. Somewhere in Illinois. Um, uh, Quick thing, Pyro Promo. Do us a favor. Uh, Go and use our comments um, at the bottom of our pieces. It's a great way for us to interact. I mean, obviously, social media, Twitter, and Facebook are good ways. We post all the stories that we do and all the articles we do up on Facebook. And it's a good, good. If you want to have a discussion there, there's plenty of people that do that. But you know, we've got a good feature on all of our op-ed pages at the bottom of every article. We use discuss. You can simply log into that by creating an account or uh, using your Twitter handle or your Google Plus or your Facebook. I'm trying to get more commotion and action going there. I don't you love it? Whenever someone ta- ta- asks you or says, hey, great piece, and bitch laps actually one where people like leave a lot of them. Get ready, bitch yeah, laps. No, next I week. got, I got, I got um, one more week. <laughs> but Golden taint. As, as, a, as a favor to us, if you guys are listening to this and you come and you enjoy our content on our site, do us a favor and use the commenting uh, a bit more on the uh, footer of each of our ask questions, give insight, all that good stuff. Uh, that that was my biggest fear. I'm seeing all these cars and there's a traffic jam. The opening song is from the Eagles was in the city. You cannot live more in the city than where I live now. And uh, I woke up this morning to crazy ambulances. I, it's just nuts. So hopefully we don't have that ruin our show. Promise there won't be any more vulgar material. You got to get a thumb and just stick it up in there, you know. Actually, get two thumbs up in there, you know, like the five, like this. Hey! <laughs> there may be some weird smells afterwards, but don't worry. Just take a shower. Shaka. And, and give us a thumbs up. Huh? Yeah, give us a thumbs up. Maybe give us two thumbs up. Way up in there. All right, let's uh, move on and head over to the Bears side of the action. Um... <clears throat> Did you just open your mouth a little bit? What? <laughs> Talk about the Bears. No, fair enough. Kevin White finally getting some targets, finally getting a, a little some catches. Looks like he. How could, about that one catch over somewhere? Cycle? How about that one catch? That was an awesome catch, and he made a nice move. 
on the sideline to get a few more yards as well. I think that the, one got called back. But. Yeah, and the other thing that was encouraging for me to see, although I wish he would have caught the ball, was that they finally uh, used him on a fly pattern and sent him down the field. When he got 4-3 speed, you should be running straight down the field. And it went right through his hands. It he went right been, through his hands. If he had caught that game, it would have been the most exciting oh. thing for the uh, Bears fandom uh, that we've seen all season. He dropped that one, but still exciting. This is a guy that you can pick up in a lot of leagues. He was dropped over the last couple weeks by a lot of people. Let me say this, too. I was actually listening to the score today, and they interviewed him. Um, <coughs> and the, th- the thing that was interesting when I'm listening to Kevin White talk is this is not a guy who's like a wide receiver diva. So this is kind of where it's like... Um, you know, you just you want to see more things develop on the field by this point in time. You want to see the flashes. It was him and Amari Cooper. Look how far and away the, the span is now between the talent level of Cooper and Kevin White, at least from what we've seen, is ridiculous. Yeah. And the production level. So, and you listen to him talk, and it's just, you know, he's just, he's very humble, he's very quiet, you know. He's like a kid who's from, uh, I think he's from New Jersey, but he went to school in West Virginia. So it's like, you know, this is like the big city and everything. It's just like he just doesn't, he's not that outspoken personality. So one of these things, what I'm saying is that I have a feeling it might take a little bit longer in the development, but I still think with the talent that he has, it, it, it can be great. So yeah, I hope so. I, I, I think, we'll see. What do you got to say on it? You know that Kevin White is 15th in targets in the league right now? Wow. Like, How many did he get last week? Was 13, 13 of 27. <laughs> so he's gotten plenty of targets. Targets aren't the problem. He has as many targets as Doug Baldwin. And Stephon Diggs. And he's been on the field every play. He's just, he's just not making plays. And we need to see him make plays. Yeah, we finally saw one. Now let's see two. Let's see something. But... I'm a little concerned. The run after the catch hasn't been there, and unless he's catching a fly, you know, what's really going to happen? Plus, you know, defense is just locking in on Alshon Jeffrey and leaving Kevin White pretty open in coverage, and he's not beating them. And, you know, we saw, what, the best quarterback in performance of the Bears by Brian Hoyer this week. Mm-hmm. They're not committing to Jay Cutler as the starting quarterback long-term, which is the real story we're not talking about, you know. Jake, Jake Cutler, you know, we're evaluating that, you know, on a week-to-week basis. But when you say Hoyer was top QB this week, yeah, yeah, you know, but John Fox, I, I listened to the damn press conference. That guy is like, it's such, it's such coach speak and BS and and just never. You know, a couple of things that one thing that I I took out of his thing is that he called out Donald Loggins for having an absolutely horrible. Uh, game plan for their offense. I hate that guy. I want to get rid of him. Let's go. Let's go to our third coach. Since we should have had Bruce Arians. Hey, we were talking it. about the Bears. We're sending in the ambulances to come get the carnage. Oh no, it's bad. Our defense is so beat up. You know, it's great. But Detroit's defense is also equally as beat up. Mm-hmm. All of their studs are pretty much out. The only one that's really in there is Darius Slay. But I think if you own Alshon Jeffrey, you also have to start him. I think you're a little bit encouraged by Brian Hoyer's quarterbacking. And no matter who's in there, he's going to get eight, nine, ten targets. And should he's going to make at least one play. He catches 50-50 balls like just as good as Dez Bryant, and that's about it on that level. Yeah. I, I look at this game as one of those fun, bad games. You know, you know what we're talking yeah. about? You get a couple bad teams together, and all of a sudden you get some fun fantasy points. 
So how about Jordan Howard? Because you know we've seen at least at least from what I've seen. Here's a guy that at least moves the pile forward, who has shown more burst. He's at least able to break a tackle where Jeremy Langford won't. Uh, he's going to be able to get a, a workman's load of a carry now because isn't Kadeem carry also hurt? Yeah, he's got a hamstring, so who knows how long he could be out. And, and the one play, when he made that long run on, 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 uh, on Sunday night, and he took out that dude on the sideline, it was the old, the old, You see the way he looked after he got hit? <laughs> what are you, oh, I'm in a football game. I should have been watching. That was apparently the league's concussion expert, too, by the way. Is really? that right? He might have suffered a concussion. On so he, That's so he awesome. improper evaluations the rest of the way. Protest! Protest! No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jordan Howard's probably going to be a back-end RB2 this week. You know, flex play. He's got some interesting upside just because we saw him catch passes too, which we really didn't expect after, you know, sort of his career at Indiana. But he looked good catching the ball. He still struggles in pass protection. But, you know, they signed, what, Joint Bell today? So that yeah. that's encouraging that he's going to get the full lion's share because Joint Bell's not going to. But uh, this game should be also another very good game for Zach Miller. Um, I think the... The Detroit Lions are allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends this season at over 17 in standard leagues. Uh, And without DeAndre Levy in the lineup, they have nobody to cover these tight ends. So He's not Jewish. He's Levy. (laughs) <laughs> but I will tell you this though When you think about I that I didn't know that was a thing I didn't yeah. know that was a difference <laughs> 17 points Point six? 17.2 to, to, to the Eagles At 1.6 was it? Right, 1.2 seven, I think it was 1.7 1.7 Think about that That's ridiculous I mean there was the Jack Doyle Two touchdown game And Dwayne Allen also had a touchdown In that game you know, everybody's done pretty well against them. I'm not counting on Zach Miller. I, I, I mean, Zach Miller's an interesting start this week. Because so he's, well, he becomes a really good play, most likely in DFS, too, because he's going to have a low price tag on. Yeah, see, you could, if you don't want to go with the high-priced Greg Olson, you can go with the lower-priced Zach Miller. I like it. Poor one man's th- Greg Olson. One thing I would like to see, even though Hoyer did have a top-12 uh, QB, how many times did he throw the ball... Literally to a fan in the in the stands. I mean, so but there was some of the worst sideline throws that I've ever seen. Like just 18 feet. It was some of the Kaepernick stuff that we saw last year. It's like Kevin Wyatt a couple times. Like, dude, at least like give me give me like even a chance at something like this. Hoyer's got to work on the back of his end zone throws. He's got to work on some touch because he made some shite. There was a bad quarterback in play last week. I can't remember who it was. There was a halftime game. The game was like going to half. They had six seconds left. And was it was Kirk, it Kirk Cousins? Cousins? Kirk Cousins. The scramble worst, and he gets worst, sacked? No, he's like, the worst the game manager at the half, before the half and at the end of the game. He's, and that's, other than him missing uh, throws, he is terrible at clock management. It's amazing when you watch Red Zone, you see on these end of halves just, Horrendous place. Let's move on. Let's move on to the first of the afternoon games, and that's the Broncos at the Buccaneers. Um, And we will uh, we will talk about Mister Simeon Seaman, whatever freaking guy. Fucking had four touchdowns, three hundred yards. My love and luck and thoughts of uh, Mister Paxton Lynch are getting bumped back by the minute. 
in my rookie league, I took him over a Wentz by one pick. Uh, gosh darn it. Um, have Dak in that one. But uh, looks like all systems go on that offense. It looks like, I don't know, they're going to be able to be able to throw the ball through the air. you got Sanders is doing, doing stuff. Uh, Thomas is doing stuff. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. When you complain, you get the targets. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas both complained last week. So, you know, they wrote up a game plan that said, get these guys the ball, throw them some deep shots. You know, you throw a pretty nice deep ball there. Let's get these guys the ball on the edges and then let them make plays. And they did. I, I don't think Simeon, his job's that much safer than it was last week. But he did become, what, the first rookie or first player in his first NFL start to throw 300 yards and four touchdowns on the road in his first career road start. Like, that that's fairly impressive. But the leash is still pretty tight on Trevor Simeon. You know, they were talking about, you know, Paxton Lynch's timeline. And, hey, he's not ready yet, but he's going to be ready here midseason, we think. So, you know, he's still got some hope there. Um, Look, we're three weeks in. That was the first game that Simeon's actually thrown for a lot of yards. So. Yeah, and a lot of it was just his guys making plays and Emmanuel Sanders streaking through the defense and Demarius Thomas climbing up over defenders. Uh, besides that, I, I mean, I think they're very good plays against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That's what I want to talk about. C.J. Anderson, you know, very good plays against the Tampa Bay defense. You can pretty much you know who the studs are here. I don't think you're going to play a Virgil Green should he come back from his own shin injury. Um, interesting other plays, I mean, besides these top guys, Devontae Booker's getting some run, but he's still not fantasy relevant. But just the number of plays he's getting is a little bit encouraging that he's not fully in the doghouse after, you know, a big week one fumble. Well, so, you know, the other thing that I, I look at for this, when you're looking at Demarius, you're looking at Emmanuel Sanders, and you want to talk about big plays, right? So we saw the big plays come out of the offense last week. There's a good chance that the big plays can come out of them again this week against the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay has allowed uh, a league-leading six pass plays of 40 yards or more. So that's in three weeks. So that's an average of two bombs per game. That they're oh, did you do the math there? Did you yeah, the math I did the math. <laughs> that I can do. I'm an English major. Simple math. I can do six Six over three games, that's two <laughs> per game. I got that down. You can get me with the tongue twisters, but I got my math, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think that's about it for the Broncos. Yeah, I'm done with are, are you starting to play Trevor Simeon, though? Or no, I, you know what? He's one of those guys that... Um, what about I a DFS low-priced quarterback? <sighs> You know, for this week, I would potentially. You know, depending on if you if you're going to be able to use that extra cash and put yourself and stack yourself at like a uh, with a top end running back wide receiver combo, and you want to use that as your way to be able to do it, I think that's a good idea. Cool. Let's go over to the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers. Who's uh, your, you start? You start. Your guy. Oh, Jameis. Okay, so you know, it's it's not been necessarily very pretty all the time. <laughs> But he's putting up the yards, and now especially when you don't have uh, Doug Martin, uh, and you're, uh, you're you're putting the ball in his hands to throw it a lot more. Uh, there's opportunity for scoring, and I, I don't like this matchup though. I mean, how do you like anybody when you're going up against the Broncos? Um, so that that part of it sucks. So it, this is one of those games where you saw 
there's two sides to Jameis. Jameis is one of those guys that if he gets a favorable matchup, you know he's going to be able to take advantage of it. And you know he's a competitor, so he's keeping you in games. But then you also saw what happened when he faced a real good defense in Arizona and how that blew up in his face. And this defense is better than the defense in Arizona, so you might have a chance for a bigger blow up in your face. Or a chance for huge garbage time points because that's all... James Winston is. <laughs> but you know what? The, the only way that you're going to get the huge garbage time points, though, from him this week is if Trevor Simeon and Denver are doing their job of hitting up that defense and blowing them up. Because if, if, if it's a closer game, then you're not going to get those garbages. When he's when they're trailing and he has to, you know, with the way that Rams game was, and, and that's where he, it, it's awesome because, yeah, you got you got a full quarter and a half of we're just going to throw the ball. Well, that's what's going to happen this week because the Broncos are third in the league in scoring. Like, they're not a bad scoring offense. They are very good. C.J. Anderson is getting them in the end zone with regularity, and they were able to throw it in the end zone last week. It's going to be garbage time for Jameis Winston. Like, if you're a Jameis Winston owner and not streaming, you're just hoping for garbage time. All right, well, that's what, he, then that's what I'm hoping for to, uh, this week. I mean, he's on pace this season. The Bucks are to throw for 762 times. So, Woo! That's, that's, is that a league record? Yeah, I had a woof on that. 700 and... He's at 143 right now, leading the league. He is a garbage time player. He's going to be this year's Blake Bortles. Oh. But with a, with a hundred more pass attempts, apparently. That'll normalize eventually. Can Mike Evans do anything against these guys? Well, Mike, by volume, he can. I mean, look, they're, they're, these are the, he's the guy that goes six catches for 90 yards on 17 targets. I mean, that's something else you could get. And Mike Evans is currently averaging 100 yards and a touchdown a game. I, and I, his, his receptions... He gets the targets, but his receptions are coming closer to those targets. He's not getting. He's last week he had ten catches. Yeah, the week before that was no. I know that was against a good, you good know, defense, team. Right. Patrick Peterson he covered pulled out yeah. that great turnaround touchdown. But yeah, yeah. he's had some tough matches. You can't, you can't sit Mike Evans. No, how can you? Any guy that gets targeted the way he does, you cannot sit. Him. You can sit pretty much everybody else. Though. What about Humphreys? He's getting targets. He's getting that. He's getting you know what? I like him, and he's the guy that's that, that sneaky guy that, look, you have, uh, now that you ASJ is gone, right, so you got, look at everybody else you have out there, Brate's a big guy, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans, these are all huge guys, and here's Humphreys, a guy who's willing to work all the underneath patterns, do all those that, that little dirty work, he's also becomes that second, third read, so it's like, okay, Evans is covered, I'm looking down, boom, here comes the Humphreys, and I'm going to drop it The off. most encouraging part of Humphreys is just the play. They're drawing up plays for him. They're drawing up screen passes to him. And a couple screen passes a game to let him run after the catch. Because he's probably their best run-after-the-catch weapon with these other leapers they've got at other positions. But, yeah, Cameron Brate's an interesting you know, sort of pickup. I don't really like him against the Denver Broncos right. this week. I mean... Yeah, he had two touchdowns, ten targets. So ASJ gone. We were talking about Brayton in the preseason as he, someone that knew the offense and seemed the coaching staff Potter seemed to like him a little bit more. Now that you don't have ASJ as goner, wow, it's, it's something, something interesting happening there. It's funny looking at the target list for this team in general, 
How many, everyone's getting, there's like, it's like everyone's getting six targets. targets. You get six targets, you yeah. get six yeah. targets, you get six targets. We're all getting, it's like giving away, it's like Oprah giving away uh, Pontiac G6s. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, the Rams. How, how's that rookie kicker doing, by the way? Is he doing anything? <laughs> he, missed, he missed an extra point this last week. And a field goal. And a field goal. And they end up going for, did they go for two at one point? It's like, they, it's the biggest Disaster of a pick that you could imagine, and, and you see the kid's face afterward. I'm watching the cop field, and all the guys are hitting him on top of the head. The, you know, you know, I want to hit you, idiot. You yeah. suck. You, you. Second round. <laughs> Second round. All right, let's go on to. How much guaranteed money did they give that son of a bitch? I don't know. Hopefully, he figures it out, or Robbie Gold might might have a job pretty soon. Only Rams scored a touchdown. Only if Lovey was still coaching there, though. Probably. That's a good point. Rams scored a touchdown, and then they continued. And you, the first touchdown was to the guy that I talked about last week. Was that? Was that two weeks ago? That I've never seen really even catch the ball, Brian Quick. Yes. And then they went on and they started scoring a lot of touchdowns, and Gurley finally um, made some plays and made himself. But first Gurley's round still, worthy for a moment in time. But he's still getting bottled up. I mean, his longest run of this game, which is the longest run that he's had on the season, 16 yards. Yeah. So, you know, defenses are just completely stacking the box on him. It, it's it's literally... That's not going to change. <laughs> no, it's not going to change. I mean, why should it? You don't respect this passing game. Stack the box, make other people beat you. And, yeah, if they want to give it to Gurley 20, 25 times for... 80, 90 yards, great. That's not going to win the game for you, and they know that. But, you know, Tavon Austin made some plays. Brian Quick made some plays. Britt made some plays. These guys all made some plays, and Tavon Austin made, you know, a couple exciting catches. So, just don't know when he's going to be able to do it consistently. Well, that's the problem, and that's always been the problem with Tavon Austin. He's a guy that shows these flashes, right? But now he's actually finally showing you the flashes more as a receiver. Because wasn't it, wasn't it, what, what was his uh, highest? It, it was it like still under 500 yards receiving as a high? Was it like 439 or something? That was what he had last year. But he's always done it because he's given you a couple of special team scores or different ways that he was always putting the ball in. Now you're getting it happening more without any of the special teams. You're having him do it as a receiver. Um, even and the running plays, well, they, they want always, to go, he's to always go to, going to be the gadget running back type guy. But they want those running plays also to go to, to go to Gurley more now, whereas you know two years ago when he was light getting five touchdowns. Oh, six, seven carries a game yeah. in those ones. Those, too, are, right? those days are gone. The thing is, he's averaging 10 targets a game. He's got 29 on the season through 10 games, or through three games. You can't just sort of avoid Tavon Austin more because targets are there. Targets are... Yeah, one of the most valuable commodities in fantasy football. And he does have ridiculous speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's an interesting play, but he's more of probably a 5-for-50 guy, and they're going to give him a couple carries. So you just know that the ceiling could be huge because he could take them, you know, on any given week for one or two touchdowns. With, but, all, the, with all the rookie quarterbacks that are playing right now and all the fanfare with Pennsylvania – and is there anything with Goff that is, is there pressure for them to move him into the lineup or because they put up 37 or whatever, 37 points last week, um, is, 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 is Case now going to, they're just going to just say, hey, they're going to stick to their original plan? I think they're sticking to their original plan because Jeff Fisher doesn't feel pressure because 
I don't think it's possible for him to get fired. Like, he's got some stuff on Crocky, and that's it. Yeah. You know what it is. They both love it. It's like that uh, Tim Meadows uh, line earlier. Those guys both love hanging out and kissing each other with their mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> I would say this so about, let's move about, on to the Cardinals. Yeah, let me just say this quickly about Devon Austin, too. In his two games last year against uh, Arizona were like the tale of two different games. So you had one where he had, uh, I think it was like seven catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns. And then another game he had one catch for 24 yards. So, um, Flip know. a coin? Yeah, about what he's got on Gronky, I think I, I think I have the evidence. Okay. It was April 1990. I was in training for the U.S. Olympic team. My sport? Greco-Roman wrestling. My wife and I didn't have a perfect marriage. Maybe I didn't understand her needs she definitely didn't understand my passion for wrestling she didn't understand why brian my wrestling partner and i trained constantly she didn't understand the thrill any man would feel after grabbing a, a big husky guy like brian and, and pinning him down to the ground until he squirms and squeals like a little piglet <laughs> That's what he's got on him. Oh, good God. Cronky. That guy's a genius. Married a, married a Walton of Walmart. Oh, okay. Could <laughs> you imagine? I'm like, he Bill Walton's a, he was a successful, married into Bill Walton's? He was family? a successful guy already. Um, but when you marry into Walton, a daughter of Sam Walton money, you're a genius. Especially when you look like that guy. What was she thinking? Um... I'm ready. I'm available. I'm available. That's what she was thinking. All right, let's go over to the Cardinals. Wow, shellacked by the Bills. Um, they obviously need to prove uh, they're one and two, two uh, two in a row losses. This is a team that everyone kind of had pinned in as the NFC representative for the Super Bowl. Uh, are they going to turn around? Is this the perfect game for that to happen? Where does it come from? D- uh, d- uh, David Johnson's still getting it done for fantasy owners. I'll let you guys just run run with it. You guys you guys are a big Cardinal fan owners. Well, and this has got to be a game where you would think it's going to come back. I mean, you look at the Rams' defense. This is, this is what's also an enigma. They're a team that can go ahead and hold Seattle down to three points and then allow Tampa Bay to, to score, you know, what was it, 30-whatever points against them. So... You have this game being in Arizona. You have the Cardinals coming off of a horrendous loss. Carson Palmer looked like an old man out there. Uh, this has to be a bounce-back game for Arizona. You you need to see David Johnson be established both as a runner and as a receiver. Uh, they need to be able to give uh, a solid pocket, which, which should be able to happen because the one thing that you're just not seeing, like the Robert Quinns uh, uh, and the guys in the front for uh, for the Rams are just not getting to the quarterback like they used to. And that, that, that you normally, uh, you know, even as they've always been a horrible offense, they've had a defense that's been relentless. You know, with uh, Greg Williams, you know, bounty, bounty hunter guy out there uh, running that defense. And they're just not getting it done right now. So I think right now... Yeah, I, 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 I'm encouraged also by finally seeing John Brown actually do something in a game, more than one catch for 14 yards. Um, but at the same time, I don't look at him as like the, the solid start. And you have the only guy that I trust in that whole receiving core to start on, on a weekly basis is Larry Fitzgerald. And Michael Floyd, he's always getting dinged up. 
Uh, you got Jerome Brown who's always coming in and stealing uh, the catches from John Brown. So, you know, if you could just play a J Brown from a team, you might be all right. But, you know, having to pick. Does yeah. it? Go ahead. So, I mean, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's the guy to play there. He's a weekly, you know, top 10, top 12 option at wide receiver. Michael Floyd's going to have a questionable tag on him this week. We'll see if he plays with the concussion protocol. Uh, so if he doesn't get cleared, maybe that's a big boost up for John Brown. Though. Yeah. But also a boost up for a guy like Jaron Brown, who's been making the plays uh, so far this season. But David Johnson is an every week start. No matter who he plays, he averaged 15 fantasy points per game uh, against the St. Louis uh, Rams last season. Now the L.A. Rams. Uh, caught a touchdown pass in both games, so expect him to be heavily involved. He's every week since becoming a starter, he's been a top twelve running back. So beast, love that guy. The thing is, what about Carson Palmer? Are you playing a Carson Palmer against the the Rams? Looking other ways, is Carson Palmer a guy you should be looking to replace on the waiver wire? For rest of season. Well, here, yes. okay, I, here I'll give you the we perfect. We can help here. people. Okay, well, here I'm one of these people. I'm in a situation. I have in my 14 team league. I have Carson Palmer, Derek Carr, and Ryan Tannehill. So with those three this week, and I seem to make the wrong decision every week. I, I, I kind of lean more toward my faith and my belief, which is I've been very high in the off season on a Derek Carr as well. So I, I feel like I want to go that way, but with the whole thing the way Tennessee is, it's, it's just slower, not as many plays. I have no idea what I want. What I'm going to do this week? Well, just so you know, your faith—you married a, uh, a non-Heb, right? That's correct. So we don't really know what your faith is. That's that's true. <laughs> you questioning my faith, brother? I can just see you being like taking a pick and you're being like Tannehill and he does he does for you and then that's at the synagogue and then next Sunday you you go, well, see, but you go to church. Thing. I think I take her to church. She doesn't go to church. But I, I can't so for, for those Tannehill owners, like for church. me I, I think right. for me I gotta go for me as Derek Carr because you can't go uh, I, I'm not going to trust Carson Palmer 100% against the Rams defense that has potential. I'm definitely not going to play Tannehill against uh, uh, the Bengals on a Thursday night on the road. So that becomes one of those situations. But I think that's how you guys got to look at it. You know, Carson Palmer has become, he was the darling last year. It's not his darling this year. Not at all. I mean, Carson Palmer threw for 700 yards and three touchdowns against the St. Louis Rams last year. I think you go Carson Palmer. Let's keep an eye on it. But I, I, I'm not really a Palmer fan. I don't really like him that much. I feel like he's slighted a lot of franchises. So when I see him not doing well, that, didn't well, he say that he was going to retire last year? Had they gone to the Super Bowl? Probably. Didn't yeah. he say he would retire on the Bengals because yeah. he's worth a hundred million already? Yep. Then didn't he? Did he, did. he did. He yeah. did retire. And then he pouted. Is this the man that, that destroyed the buffet at the Harold Club? Is this the man? That was my Beverly Hills cop for you. Nice. Nice work. Puts banana in the tailpipe. Let's move on to the next game, but before so. All right. The Saints, they can't stop anybody, but they can put it up. They're playing against the Chargers, who can put it up the points as well. It seems like this one's going to be a high-scoring affair. Let's kind of breeze through this one and, and make it quick. Oh, breeze. Oh, I see oh, what oh. you did there. Yeah, you got it. 
Stags, you take this one. Go ahead. Yeah, let's kind of cruise through this one. We got some few games left. I don't want us to go over three hours. I mean, let's see. The the thing is, Drew Brees is not the same quarterback on the road as he is at home. This game is on the road in San Diego, traveling across the country on a short week. I, I mean, I still think you play Breeze just because he's the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. You should need to temper your expectations. Brandon Cooks needs to watch tape of T.Y. Hilton and see how he beat Jason Verrett on a couple plays in order to figure out how to best use them, because, or else he's going to get stifled. Like, the numbers T.Y. Hilton put up against Verrett last week doubled his average since the middle of last season. Um, like, not doubled his average, doubled his total from the middle of last season on. So, Verrett's a very good corner. You know, we got to see if Willie Sneeds can be back in the lineup. I think that's a big boost for uh, a Drew Brees, should he be in the lineup. Michael Thomas made some plays. Brandon Coleman even made some plays. Yeah, how about that? I'm like, 16, 16, no, 10, 10. <laughs> no, 10, no, 10, 16, 13. Uh, Kobe Fleener showed up. We talked about it a little bit uh, recently, you know, this is another good matchup. My anti-Tao's out with the torn Achilles. I think their other linebacker, Eric Kendricks, also so went out. So doesn't this set up good for Mark Ingram? It sets up good for everybody. This is another game where you play all the Saints offensive pieces because we know that the Saints offense is at least going, even if it's garbage time, they're going to throw it. They're going to get it to their playmakers, and they're even going to give it to Mark Ingram now that they show you know, they're committed to that. I mean, Travars Cadet even made some plays. Uh, Tim Hightower had some good runs. This is an offense that just wants stock in, especially when they're at home, and you could definitely play them. All right, let's head over to the Chargers. Philip Rivers, take me to the Rivers. What do you got? Well, I mean, I love the matchup. <laughs> so this is one of those games where uh, I think you're going to be starting Melvin Gordon. I think you're going to be starting Philip Rivers. I think you're going to be starting Travis Benjamin. I think you can even make a case for starting a Tyrell Williams this week as a flex play. Uh, I, I, I love the matchup. You know, Melvin Gordon, I, number one ranked running back on our uh, pyro heat index so far for week four. Uh, doesn't mean that things might not change a little bit as, as the week goes on. No, but David Johnson's still up there. Is he number one? Yeah. Yeah. Melvin Gordon's number, number two. two. He's number two. But, Sorry. And, number two. And Melvin Gordon, the, the thing that, that impresses me the most about him is, is what you saw from him in college was this guy who would hit a hole and just accelerate through the hole. The problem has been since he's gotten to the NFL is that he's become hesitant in the backfield. And now we're finally starting to see more decisiveness, but decisiveness with patience, kind of like Le'Veon Bell does. Kind of give your give your blockers a chance to set up a second, and then when you see the hole, hit it. And, and what I, they were saying last quick night acceleration. And what? Elliot, with, uh, same thing was happening with Elliot last night. We're just letting the play unfold a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, a year under his belt, he's now finally starting to get it. Now that he's going to be getting all the, the workload of carries because of all the injuries that they have there as well, it's a huge boon for him. I don't know what the story is on Antonio Gates, if he's going to be back for this game. Doesn't seem like it. Uh, it doesn't seem like it, and it sort of seems like Antonio Gates might be a little done. Yeah. If, if you're an Antonio Gates owner, start looking other places, man, because Hunter Henry had like one Hunter catch. Henry. Had one catch for 33 yards that nearly eclipsed Antonio Gates' season total. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and they're talking up, the, you know, the, the team's talking up Henry. He can do it all and all this stuff. Yeah, it's weird. The, the Antonio Gates, we all – the reason why we were kind of thinking that we liked him heading into the season was they thought they were going to, we, they were going to get him that record. Seems like Antonio's Can't get it spent too. Yeah. He spent. But the other thing that I'll make a point about this game, because this is kind of how I've been playing all my DFS plays every week, is I look for the three to four games that are far and away the best, just bad defenses, best matchups out there, best chance for, for real shootouts. This is one of those games this week. And the Chargers were in another one of those ones last week because I, I started T.Y. Hilton. I started Melvin, Melvin Gordon, um, and I started uh, Travis Benjamin. You know, Benjamin didn't work out as, as well as <laughs> I'd hoped. But, but he's, on, he's on pace to have a great season. Yeah, absolutely. So, but this is one of those things. The Chargers' defense is completely banged up. They're going to have to be throwing the ball the whole time. Uh, the Saints' defense is atrocious, and they're going to be throwing the ball the whole time. So it's, it should be... A, a plethora of points. This is one of those ones where I'd probably mix it out of my D- DFS play. Probably about four to five players out of out of this game. You're all in. I mean, pretty it much. Hits, it hits. If you're not, all right. I'm in the lower half. But all right. I like that. That's the way you got to do it. All right. Let's move on to the last game of the afternoon what, games. Before we get there, can I can I play uh, what, what Stag Party was uh, with his interview process to get on the radio? Yeah. Do you have a tape I can listen to? Oh, I'm afraid we don't have uh, Yeah, actually we do. Uh, this uh, should give you a good idea of what we can bring to your station. Okay, You know, clinically speaking, doing it doggy style has is a... <laughs> There's just some racing stuff in the beginning there, but you can speed right through it. Yeah. Sounds like the answer for you is doing it doggy style. I'm going to speed through. <laughs> Same stuff. <coughs> <coughs> Boy, excuse me. Anyway, doggy style. You can speed right through that part too. Yeah, see, you was kicked in the scrotum. Or as they say in the medical profession, the ball sack. You can skip through that part. Well, you know, the scientific name is the Hershey Highway. Speed on throw. <laughs> Stag party. Yeah, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so boring. Can I just say something? Stag party, you're so boring. Go on. Doggy style. Oh. Stag party style. What do you got for us, buddy? JJ Watt re-injured his back. Looks like he's going to miss for an extended period of time. So, what was that game we talked about? Tennessee and DeMarco Murray being a little bit... Concerning, a little bit less concerning. That helps. That helps. Now, that sucks though. It does suck. It sucks for JJ. <sighs> All right, I hate injuries, but they seem to be happening a lot across the board. Let's go to. Seems to be happening a lot more than ever before, too. It's just these guys are just such machines. But could it also be with the you know turf? We don't know the whole real you know no studies on the longevity of the field turf that is causing new turf. I don't know. I was watching when we were watching the game, the Bears game that. Anyway, I'll make this quick. Just There's a non-contact that, injury. That, ner- that new turf, uh, some of those turfs with the balls made from mm-hmm. from tires have given goalies cancer. And I'm just wondering, like, does the NFL have different types of... Because they've got these, these little yes, the black balls, balls all yeah. over their bodies. I don't know. I hope... I hope uh, Hope that the goalie thing that I saw in 60 Minutes with some of that new turf uh, was just 
coincidental. Uh, let's go on to the last game. Cowboys are at the 49ers. Let's sort of breeze through this one, and then um, we can uh, we can have a good time with the, the last two games, the well, two night games. I think I'll tell you what. Okay, the 49ers for for uh, Dak Prescott coming off of the Bears, nice back to back cupcakes that he gets to face. So, one passing touchdown, all the passes that he had. He's like the modern-day Troy Aikman. Throw every pass that goes down to the two-yard line. Let Evan Smith get the uh-huh. touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott is the one who's going to be the, the beneficiary of these. Um, As a Dak owner, Jesus Christ. Isn't that ridiculous? Uh-huh. It's like every time it was, it, was, it, was, it was like, you're kidding me. Then finally Dez helps him out, but Dez has got the sprained knee. Uh, so we're going to see... You, know, you don't know what Dez has. I mean, Dez uh, just had an MRI today. And there's been no news. It looked like it. I'm calling it a spring. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope I'm, I hope I'm right. It's not great. It, 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 but he was able to come back and play, so at least it didn't seem like it was that bad. It's not like it's, it doesn't didn't look like it was a complete tear. Um, but that's concerning. But that also opens up more opportunities for some of the other guys here. So you got Jason Witten, who should be able to get some target. Cole Beasley, who's become his favorite target. Yeah. And like the easy safety blanket underneath. Uh, so look for him to be active. Terrence Williams will get his shot here or there. You know what? He got his shot and then he fumbled it. Yeah, again, that's what. <laughs> that's kind of what he does. It's just like he's. He's just such a rigid, straight type of uh, receiving runner type of a guy that it, it, I don't know what you're going to do with him. Yes, this is a good potential matchup for it, but am I going to play Terrence Williams? Hell no. Never. Hell no. No format. No, and you could definitely play Ezekiel Elliott after you know they got trounced by the run game last week. Play Ezekiel Elliott. You can play Dez. Should he be healthy enough? You can play Jason Witten as a back end, you know, tight end. Besides that, you know, Cole Beasley's an interesting flex play. Uh, what they've given up to the slot so far this season, San Francisco, is ridiculous. Plus, now Jimmy Ward looks like he's going to be out for potentially an extended period of time. You know, you could. This might be the game Cole Beasley finally finds the end zone. There you go. And how about how about Ezekiel Elliott jumping over uh, uh, Pierzynski or whatever yeah. for the Bears? He's, I just kept seeing his arms. Trying to tackle nothing. Who was the guy that just absolutely destroyed Cole Beasley though? Oh, the, Adrian Amos. Did you guys see the? There's a great. There's a great uh, video. Who was the concussion guy on that one? Yeah. Did you see the, the? There's a great video of him getting hit and then flying through time until he went back to the dinosaurs. <laughs> It's the most ridiculous uh, image uh, animation I've ever seen. But. Well, that deserves a bell bear day. Mr. Phelps, today might be your lucky day. Yeah, our morning actor quit out of the blue, and we are desperate for someone to fill her old slot. Well, that's uh, no problem, because I have a lot of experience at filling other people's slots. Really? Mm-hmm. You mean you've uh, filled other people's slots before? Yeah, this morning. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, one thing I'll say, and this is a little Zeke Elliott um, haterade, I hate that feed me move that friggin' Hart, James Harden does. I, I hate that thing too. I hate that move more than anything else in sports. And he's sitting there doing it all every time. Like, feed me, feed me. No, he's everybody cereal. Eats. He's everybody, everybody eats. eats. It's but, not feed me. Because no. we've talked about this where I complained about it on a podcast before and I had asked it's what not everybody. Was. He's saying feed me. 
No, he's, he's not. He's, I read the fucking guy's lips. He's saying, feed me more. I know you can say it's everybody eats. He's saying, give me the ball. No, it's man, all about me. I'm with you, D-Rex. Yeah. I That's hate not, that, that thing when he's the, So you think that when he makes a nice play, then he's saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing, it's all of us. Yes. Oh, yes. Because crazy. this is what athletes have literally told me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know that everyone athletes say that, but when... When James Harden is going like this, the most selfish basketball player in the history of basketball player, he's saying, this is for, this is for all of us. No, it's give me the fucking ball, I'm going to take the shit over, feed me, I'm eating, I'm the badass. It's I'm eating that. all of your lunches with all your lunch money. There's, no, there's, there's nothing about team. In that situation, I don't care what athletes told you. I about. agree with they're, you. They're I full think, of shit. I know what they say, but I'm gonna agree with you. It's no question. When I you're just got sitting there, carry. If you're not give it to if me. If you're doing this, or you're, you're spooning it to your mouth. Now, if you're spooning out, everybody <laughs> eats. Then you know. I wish you could have a visual. Oh, I got my bowl yeah. here, and I'm, I'm 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 just scooping it out to the masses. Agree with you more. <laughs> Total BS. Regardless, if you're saying everybody eats is the line, that's BS. But hate the friggin' move. Hate it. It's so fucking annoying. And uh, I'm liking him less and less every time he does it. It's good that we don't have strong opinions on this. Yeah, topic. no, it's just so annoying, that move. Uh, anything, no, I think we covered that game pretty well. Let's go over to the 49ers. There's already buzz going on. The Gabbard, after one you know, bad performance and outing, that uh, even Chip himself said, like, oh, Gabbard's our guy. I just don't think that Kaepernick's ready to go. He's still a little injured. I think Kaepernick's going to get a shot at some point. What do you guys think? Kaepernick's definitely going to get a shot. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's been bad in every game. He just likes to throw behind the third down sticks and, you know, make a six-yard gain when they need eight and, you know, be Blaine Gabbert. The only thing he's done well has been athletic in week one, and that's about it. Uh Blaine Gabbert is not very good, but I think we knew that. But he's still putting up fantasy numbers. Do we drop Cap in uh, Scott Fishbowl? Not yet. Nice. Uh, here's, here's, here's Kaepernick's plan. Don't you worry, Julie. I'm a man of action. I have a plan for this type of thing. There's only one thing to do. I'm going to go and have sex and wait for something to randomly happen. It'll work out. You'll see. It will randomly work out. Uh, it's going to randomly work out for Kaepernick. He's going to randomly get himself a starting opportunity, and then he's going to run like a gazelle in that game. I hope there so. You go. I hope so. Death threats, bars putting his jersey as the doormats. I saw that. That was ridiculous. It's normal. I know. Um, 49ers, what else? Hyde. Do we like Hyde moving forward? He's having some night. He's, he's kind of a hit or miss guy, but. In a world of, uh, of community backfields, there's really no competition for him. In a world in a of world. community backfields. I mean, now, do you like him this week, though? I, this week's one of the better weeks for Carlos Hyde. Uh, they're going to have some tough matchups coming up against tougher run defenses. Dallas isn't necessarily all that tough. I'm not too concerned, but... Yeah, he's, he's still a running back, too, like... My biggest concern for him is the fact that he plays on the San Francisco 49ers, a team that does not have a consistent offense, so he's usually playing from behind. So the, the amount of games where you get 
you know, where a guy like Carlos Hyde is going to be the most effective is uh, is working where you're giving him the 20 to 25 to 30 carries, and it's in the second half as he's worn down a defense. Unfortunately, with the defense that the 49ers put out there and the offense they're putting out there, they're never giving them a chance to use Carlos Hyde as the way he's intended to be used. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a grinder, but he's shown more than just being a grinder. Yeah. He's made plays in limited spurts, and he, I don't think you can necessarily label him like that. Vance McDonald's like seventh in tight end scoring on like six targets or nine targets, <laughs> which is insane. Uh, he also got a little banged up last week where I have to pay attention to his sort of injury status going forward. Torrey Smith had one good game, two duds. Uh, Jeremy Curley's Jeremy oh, Curley. like Opening five for 50, five for 50, whatever. Uh, the rest of this offense, besides Carlos Hyde, isn't worth fantasy consideration. Pretty crazy that the Niners looked so great in that week one. And uh, one, one of these stats that I'm just looking at here is they've given, eight, they've given up 83 points. Their defense, and this goes back to helping the Cowboys side of the ball over the last two weeks. That's that's a lot. It's a lot of points. Uh, all right, let's move on to the, the uh, Sunday night football in America. Chiefs at Steelers. Uh, you well, would think that this should be a great game, but after the Steelers to look like the uh, the letters. Yeah, but you know what though? That was. Don't you think? That's kind of. I think this will be a good game. You I, have, I think it'll be. I, th- I think it will be too. I think you got you got the Chiefs who are, are coming in here. Where are we going to see Jamal Charles? Will we finally have the best probability that we've had now? And keep having these hints at it for weeks, but it looks like. But the thing is, it's an eight thirty game. Yeah. Like you can't play Jamal Charles unless you own Spencer Ware or mm-hmm. you know somebody to or unless you have someone to play on Monday night like who Orleans Darkwood yeah they all suck because <laughs> everybody's injured you have Adrian Peterson out you got Shane Vereen out you got, I mean jeez yeah Ugh. it's it's Trubsville so you're probably you're right based on that's it's pretty it's pretty now you think about it hey screw you NFL you screwed us with Jamal Charles well, you know what screwed you Kansas City for screwing us with Jamal Charles and not giving us these credible answers into this game, but or preseason. I mean, they could. Not I think even if he plays, like, though, he's, he's, he's not going to play full. If you are a Spencer Ware owner, I think you can still start Spencer Ware. I think you do start Spencer Ware because they are going to take it easy on him. Not going to all of a sudden going to have held him out for this long and then bring him in and just give him twenty five carries and say he's all completely ball agree. He's on a snap count. There's no way it's going to just be letting letting loose, and that might be that way for the whole season, which is a real bummer. Considering in the ESPN Blog Talk Radio League, I took him excitedly in the third round for us, and fuck's sake, what's our record now? Uh, we're two and one. So two and one, and we Second haven't even had points. we haven't even had Jamal Charles even do anything for us yet. Good point. We'll be fine. We're exactly. just fine. Exactly. Um, and it's nice. We're supposed to. We're supposed no. to, Jake. Podcast Podvader wants us to talk about that league. People hate talking about leagues, but Podvader, we're talking about the league on our show. This is what he wants. Um, any anything else? Well, Kelsey's, uh, Kelsey's the on, only on other guy. Kelsey, well, no running backs. Yeah, no. I mean, Macklin and Kelsey. Well, Macklin, and you know who the guys are. Right. And you this, start the guys. I mean, the Steelers are an infectious defense. They haven't been able to get pressure on the quarterback. 
they had, they couldn't stop the run worth a damn last week. What they let up two hundred and fifty rushing yards, unbelievable to three different running backs, pretty much. It, it was just bad. So you think that's bad? <laughs> but just, they had bad. been do- they had been dominant against running backs right. prior. So picking that one was crazy. But yeah, I mean, there's now, nobody else though, that you can, that you can trot out there on Kansas City. You're not gonna, you know what? I like what Chris Connolly brings to the table, but I can't. You're not gonna play him. No, you know. So there is no one else. That's that's this is the, one of the easier teams that you look at. Alex Smith, only if you're in a goddamn bind. <laughs> or a two QB league. You're gonna start Spencer Ware. You can start Kelsey. You can start Macklin. Other than that. You're you're throwing you're, you're you're throwing bones out there. Yeah, and I like what Kelsey's doing so far. So yeah, the blow up game last week. He he emerged against the Jets. He's been all right all year. No, uh, that was a big game. Absolutely. Let's talk. Le'Veon Bell back. He's back. Back and back. God so, damn it, my my D'Angelo Williams fire is over. Well, that's what Stiff Kitties just did a uh, news feed uh, for the Pyro Pros and the dashboard timeline. And uh, basically, it was like owner one, yes, Le'Veon Bell's back. Owner two, shit, my D'Angelo Williams no longer might be crap. Um, what's going to happen uh, in this? Uh, is this a bounce back game for Big Ben and the Steelers? Stags, where where are you thinking this goes for uh, Steelers uh, against this Chiefs team? I mean, they're going to have to get back on track, and you know it's back at home. In a primetime game, and Ben Roethlisberger seems to play well in those games. Antonio Brown seems to play well in those games. Uh, I think Lev Bell, if you start, you waited three weeks for him, you don't really have an option. I mean, Casey's not the greatest matchup for any team, but you know, missing their best you know, pass rusher, Justin Houston's going to have a little bit of an effect. Uh, Kansas City is allowing the second fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, so you could temper your expectations on a guy like uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You know what they're doing against wide receivers. They they lit up yards and they lit up some scores, but they're just going to create turnovers in, in the secondary. Eight of them? Not not eight of them. No. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was ridiculous. Thirty-six points, Chiefs defense. <clears throat> but think about this also for for a Ben Roethlisberger, right? So he just faced uh, uh, Eagles defense that ate him alive. They're the number one defense in fantasy. And right now. now he's got to go against another ferocious defense, and they're they're patchwork up front trying to protect him right now. So, you know, uh, all this. This Pittsburgh, you know, the love that we have for that offense, and I still have the love for that offense, but man, it's it's under stress. Well, it's, but it's nice. It's nice to have what arguably is the best, especially with AP out um, and Gurley oh, yeah. on, on a shit team. Uh, the best running back in the, of it a lot, around and. Anyone who's an Antonio Brown owner, you should be goddamn happy that Le'Veon Bell is coming back on the field because now they have to pay attention. You know, whether D'Angelo Williams was doing what he was doing, unfortunately, the numbers didn't garner the respect that Le'Veon Bell does from defenses. So things that you're going to be able to do now with Antonio Brown in play action and in different types of uh, sets is going to be a lot better going forward. So Antonio Browners, do not worry. Your number one overall pick, she'll, he'll come back and he'll be fine. This is also not a Jesse James game. 
Uh, you're better off starting. I mean, I think you know your studs on the Pittsburgh Steelers and you start them. And all these other guys are superfluous. Don't really get fancy. And that's it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Marcus Wheaton came back, and I think he went away again. That guy dropped so many big plays uh, this week. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, welcome back. We'll see you later and move you to the end of the bench. You are our fifth wide receiver yet again. Are we uh, done with this game? Yeah, I think we can be. Is there anything else? No, let's be done with it. What's happening? And welcome to the late, uh, the Lord Man uh, Show. Um, so I understand that you are a nun. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. And um, how long have you been um, nunning it up? For about thirty years now. Yeah, well, congratulations. That's good. Now, I understand that your work uh, takes you all around the world. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. In fact, I'll be leaving the country very soon to assume a missionary position. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what, what was that? I'm going to assume a missionary position, and I'll probably be holding it for a very long time. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting. Um, so, uh... Um, where will you be holding this, um... Missionary position? Yeah. In Bangkok. Bangkok. Yeah. That's, uh, cool. Uh, so why don't we talk about, uh, something else? Bangkok is lovely. In fact, I'm looking forward to taking it all in. Mm. But it can get a little steamy, you know. Hot and steamy. Have you ever gone down the Yellow River? <laughs> Yeah, it was in the 80s, but I did not enjoy it. What about a missionary position? Have you ever known the joys of a missionary position? Yeah, okay, here's the story I'm gonna tell you. It goes a little something like this. I was with these two girls, right? And so I was doing a twin sister, right? And then her mother walked in, and her mother has a video camera, so she puts it on a tripod, and she starts to ram it. It was sort of a missionary position. So... <laughs> Oh, God. You're not Sumini. But well, you're money. You're money. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the Monday night game. Hey, let's finish it off. Awesome. Uh, it's going to be the Giants at the Vikings. Uh, I, I don't know what to say there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. Don't make it that long. Val Verde. Years ago, I was in the Army. We spent a lot of time in this area here. The army, they call it Asia, but I like to call it freaky deaky sex world. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the Giants. Did anybody else see Odell Beckham crying, being a little bitch, getting hit in the head by nets that he's hitting with his helmet? This awesome remake video of Mortal Kombat, him getting his ass whooped by the net. If anyone hasn't seen it, do a search for it on Fatality. the internet. Yeah, he got a fatality from the net. Odell Beckham. <laughs> um, that guy's putts. That's all I'm going to say. He's just a little bitch. Great player. He's already one play. One stupid, bitchy play away from getting a suspension. And I hope... If I was a fan, if I was an Odell Beckham owner, which 
I don't think I am in any. I don't know if you guys are. I, I hope it happens sooner than later because we know what happened in week 16 last year and it cost people championships. So he's going to get a suspension this year. He just doesn't have the control over his game when he's on the field. He's too emotional. He's going to be playing Norman again. Norman's in his head and he even had a good game against him. What do you have to say? I don't know. He seemed pretty in control of his game until he got to the sidelines. They didn't really have any fisticuffs on the field this year. They weren't doing too much pushing. Josh Norman was catching him in the end zone and you know swinging him around. Odell kept his <laughs> that head. Was, that was I was amazed that he kept his head on that one. He, he, it looked like it looked like Thunderlips with Rocky Balboa and Rocky Three. No, but didn't. besides that, on the field, you know he was quiet early and. But he was able to make plays late, you know, finished with over 100 yards, and Sterling Shepard caught a great touchdown pass streaking down the middle, and he looks like to be an added weapon to this offense. That's where Cruz made plays. This is the thing I was going to say. Now, this is the difference that you see in the offense this year that you didn't see in the offense last year when it was Reuben Randall, right, who was, who was the next guy in line. Now you've got a Sterling Shepard, and you have a healthy Victor Cruz. You have weapons all over that you, when you spread when you want to spread a team out, and you have your crappy ass Larry Donnell who uh, uh, ties the bus. Yeah, but exactly true. But the fact that you have Shepard, Cruz, and OBJ, this is going to open things up, and it's really good for Eli Manning going forward. And especially now when you look at the fact that Rashad Jennings is out, Shane Vereen is out, so. You're going to have a zero effect uh, as far as running the game, uh, running the ball, because our Orleans Darkwall, yeah, he got 10 carries, gives you 53 yards last week. He's a plotter guy. He also did what he also does all the time. He fumbled the ball. Um, so this is a guy who you can hope for to get those, you know, when they get in the red zone, get the touchdown. It's going to give you maybe, he may get 15 to 18 carries a game, but it's going to do with it what uh, Andre Williams did before, when he got, before he got cut, you know, remember that guy? Nothing, you know. Yes, you have the opportunity, you're the number one. The guy who I'm interested to see if he's even going to get elevated here is Paul Perkins. You know, here's a guy that they drafted, but he was a third round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Third or fourth round pick. High. High, high enough that, that. Top five running back pick. This is a guy that you were looking at and going, wow, we kind of like the skill set that's going on. Well, if he doesn't get on the field now, well, that's got to worry you as well. If, if, you, if you had any hopes of him doing anything. If he doesn't get activated. He, he better get activated. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, the thing is, it looks like Orleans Dark was going to be the early ground runner, and then Bobby Ramey is going to be their third down back. Uh, you know, Shane Breen could be gone for the entire season, or he could be the guy they recall off, recallable IR. So that's interesting. When do they have to make that determination by? After eight weeks, but that's, then you, okay. can't, you can't have already taken anybody else off. Um, right, once you have one, only one declaration of that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... I'm not too excited about the running back situation, but Eli Manning just hasn't looked all that great this season, and he's missing receivers occasionally, but there's a lot of times when he's putting it right on the money. But if you're an Odell Beckham owner, I don't think you're worried. Uh, you know, This week, I, I think you're you know, pretty excited to get Odell in your lineup, like you should be pretty much every week. Um, as I see, a, as I see an ambulance riding down the street, we have a lot of sirens going on today. I mean, this has been—I don't know what the hell's going on. There. You're not worried about Odell Beckham Jr. Is three games, zero touchdowns? No, I mean, 
crying on the sideline. Is is this a man's game? Is real men? If real men don't eat quiche, do real football players cry on the sidelines? I don't. Can't explain the crying. I don't what? know what's going on in his head. What is it? I don't know what he's crying about. Not getting the touchdowns, maybe. I don't know. But kind of weird. I know what it is. Now, Leon Phelps, prepare to meet your doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cry havoc and set free the dogs of war. Yeah. One thing I will say, fastest guy, uh, Fernando Beckham Jr., fastest guy to uh, 200 catches ever. Looking at the stats, it's pretty incredible. 30 games played, 321 targets. That's ridiculous. And he uh, and he missed, what, his first three or four games of his rookie season? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of targets. You know, you're not going to worry about him. I mean, he's going to come around. He, he's, he is the main weapon that they have there. And if anything, the more that Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz continue to make plays, all that's going to do is force defenses to have to pay more attention to those guys. It reopens things up for OBJ. This is one of those guys, I'll tell you right now, if you're in a league and you don't own Odell Beckham, now's a great time to try to buy low. Try to get that guy who's, who's upset by it. If you have a guy that's like been on a hot streak who, you know, Let's say you even got like a Davonta Freeman or something like that after the game you had yesterday. I don't know if it's a buy low guy. It's more of a trade for depth kind of guy, where someone will relinquish him um, for a multi in a multi. No, but you may have a guy that spent the first round pick on him who's sitting at one and two or zero and three, because that could easily have happened right now if they're not getting the other production depending on how how they draft. Yeah. So if you got a team that has Odell Beckham that's one and two or zero and three, I would go after him right now. If you have that type of, hey, I'll give you two potential starters yeah. for this one, it's worth it because when he gives you those points, it's like you and I uh, and, and Stake, we've always talked about going back to when we, we first started doing the podcast. The guys that can win you a week on their own are worth their weight in gold. And they can do it multiple times. The eye test, it's two of the moves that he made in that game, well, besides his crying and being a bitch inside. The one move that he made that actually he would have had a touchdown, if he didn't cut it left towards the left of the end zone and he went to the middle of it, it was a touchdown. He just made the wrong cut and got brought down at the four. That was one of the sickest friggin' plays ever. Just make You're not even grabbing those flags in flag football. All right, let's move on over to the Vikings, and then uh, we will shut this little Week 4 Warrior podcast down. Um, Vikings... You've got uh, obvious great rapport going on with Sam Bradford and uh, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, let's start there. Diggs coming back down to earth. Um, but let's start with the Rudolph thing. Available on, on the waiver wire in a ton of leagues. Ton of leagues. Ton of leagues. Getting stuff done. I don't know where he ranks right now um, at the tight end position, but it's right up there near the Second. top. Second. And that is uh, with just two games out of the three with Sam. So uh, trajectory pointing in straight up. Well, the good news is that you're you're seeing him being looked at in the red zone. So getting those touchdown targets again. Go back to his rookie season. That's when he was 
uh, people were like, wow, Kyle Rudolph, and then they're projecting all this stuff for him. He was never getting a ton of yards, but he was getting the touchdowns. Well, with Kyle, with uh, Sam uh, Bradford under quarterback, he is getting the targets in the red zone, and now he's finally starting to get the yards, too, because you have basically, it, it's like the other teams. You know who your weapons are, right? So you know who your weapons are here, too. Since you don't have Adrian Peterson anymore, and Asiata is not the weapon. He's the plotter. McKinnon became the guy that got all the carries, but it's Stephon Diggs and it's, and it's Rudolph. Those are his first two primary looks in the offense when he is out there in a passing play. It's where's Stephon Diggs covered, where's Kyle Rudolph. And, and you keep it basic for him in that way, shape, or form. It's not bad because, you know what, there's not a lot of other playmakers on the team. Charles Johnson, huh, meh. Meh. Um, yeah. Go for it. Adam Thielen? Thielen, yeah. Eh. He's better than Charles Johnson. I like him better than Charles Johnson. Yeah. He's, Laquan he, he's Tred- a poor man's Adam Humphreys. Laquan Treadwell's not even getting starts. He's not even getting activated for game shape because he's thinking too much. That's a little bit concerning for a guy of you know his draft stature to not even suit up. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Um, yeah, but McKinnon... Not probably not a great start. I mean, the Giants have really turned it around on defense, where they're allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. The defensive front looks for real. For real. Uh, they've got big guys in the middle to stuff the run, and they've got these you know JPPs back to being one of the best edge run defenders in the league. They get after the quarterback a little bit. Their secondary is depleted though. Pretty much every single one of their starters went down with hamstring or quads injuries. So, yeah, you could start Stephon Diggs and feel pretty comfortable with that. But isn't Diggs, doesn't he become a must-start pretty I mean, much? He's a must-start right now. But against Anyways, his defense? And he, yeah. He's a must-start on a weekly basis for what he's been able to show this season. Does, does, and then Rudolph then, because that, does he become a must-start in this one too? The Giants are a bottom-five team against opposing tight ends. He's another. There's three really interesting tight ends for DFS in regular leagues this week, and I think we mentioned all three. Kyle Rudolph is one of those three. Remember the other two just for our listeners: Greg Olson and Zach Nor. There you go. Sweet. All right. Well, we have our first five games again. Remember, take out your uh, Eagles players. Take out your Packers players. Remember to put in your lineups early for the Colts players and the Jaguars. Because uh, they are going to be playing in London week four. We are cruising through the season as usually happens. Um, exciting stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. Uh, sign up for Pyro Pro. Uh, that'll be a quick little uh, Pyro promo I'll do. You get a ton of stuff. Just do it. It's ridiculous in season um, help on a regular basis. Ask us questions, get your news feeds. There's a resource toolbox action. You can get all the player rankings uh, that are giving uh, feed fed from our Pyro uh, uh, heat index. Hook it up. You can buy it for the season. Actually, not season. A full calendar year for forty dollars. You can test it out for five bucks a week, or you can give it a month for ten bucks. Give it a shot. It's ten bucks for a month, and you actually use it. I guarantee you, you'll be like, "Whoa, this is pretty ridiculous for my fantasy football prowess." Houdini, love you, buddy. Always fun to talk and drop the goo with you. Stag party, you're the man. Uh, we are going to close out this show with the e- with not the Eagles. It's just Eagles, and it is heartache tonight. 
Glenn Fry, so, one of the greats. Oh, before we go, we got Stag Party wants to get something in. It looks like JJ Watt will be going on IR. I guess they Ooh. also have a chance to recall him, but it's looking less than likely, so he might be done for the season with that back issue. Uh, before we leave that, what happens when you rush it? Before the Eagles, because it's got to be a warrior in week four. Oh, yeah, 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 I like it. This was week four war. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play.
What's happening? You got the latest man, Leon Phelps here. And I am looking at a half-empty bottle of Cavati, which means that we are just about out of time. But before I go, I'd like to leave you with just uh, one more thought. This is a little something that I wrote. And I read, What is love? What is this longing in our hearts for togetherness? Is it not the sweetest flower? Does not this flower of love have the fragrant aroma of fine, fine diamonds? Does not the wind love the dirt? Is not love not unlike the unlikely not it is unlikened to? Are you with someone tonight? Do not question your love. Take your lover by the hand. Release the power within yourself. You heard me, release the power. Tame the wild cosmos with a whisper. Conquer heaven with one intimate caress. That's right, don't be shy. Whip out everything you got and do it in the butt. By Leon Phelps. How's the show go tonight? Oh yeah, good question. Um, same old, same old Leon Phelps genius.